This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. What is up, everyone? Hope you had a great weekend. Welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily for a Monday afternoon. Getting ready for a big week for the Winnipeg Jets at home with the Los Angeles Kings and Pierre-Luc Dubois coming to town tomorrow night and then the Stanley Cup champion Vegas Golden Knights on a Thursday. And, of course, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers coming off the bye back in action, ready to clinch the West if they can beat the Edmonton Elks on Saturday. Going to be a real fun show today. Jeff Hamilton of the Winnipeg Free Press is going to jump on a little later on in the program. We'll talk Bombers for a bit and certainly get Jeff's thoughts on everything that's transpired with the home NHL side over the last seven days since the uh, extensions of Shifley and Hellebuck were announced one week ago today. And, of course, the Jets got a big first win of the season in their home opener, beating the Florida Panthers in uh, what was a very, very fun hockey game, a little closer than many would have liked with what happened in the final five minutes of the game. But the bottom line is they're in the win column and have looked very, very good through two games, now sitting at one and one before the LA Kings get here. Um, we're also going to... Really looking forward to this. Dave Poulin, we're so lucky to have Dave jump on the program. He's going to be joining us in a little bit. I want to get to... You know, the uh, the messages and the aftermath of what the extensions do for the Winnipeg Jets now and in the future, and obviously what he's seen from this club so far, especially the newcomers coming over in the Pierre-Luc Dubois trade, who will be the centers of attention tomorrow when the Los Angeles Kings are here. Uh, we'll hit a little NFL a little later on. And yes, we will touch on the goal songs, which were released when the players were introduced Saturday afternoon down at Canada Life Center. Just before we get going and welcome in Michael Remus, let me thank the sponsors that make Winnipeg Sports Talk happen each and every day. Our friends at Princess Auto, Cool Bet Canada, Consolidated Supply, Royal Sports, Boston Pizza, Little Brown Jug and the Winnipeg Jets, F Apparel, Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Vita Health, Wallace and Wallace, Manitoba Battery, Canadian Club, Aquatech, Modern Man Barbershop, and of course, we will get to a why not question of the day for the gang down at Not Auto Corp at Waverly and McGillivray. Let's get Remus in here and get the show on the road. Shout out to everybody in chat. Hit that thumbs up if you haven't. And if you're not already subscribed to the channel, make sure you hit the subscribe button as well. Remo, what's going on? How was your weekend? Muting yourself to start off the week. Not the way you want to do it. On uh, WST, let's see. We've got some. Uh, we've got some mute icons in the chat. Fire up the mutes, and we'll get Michael Remus back in here. And uh, <laughs> I see them now. Yes, indeed. Hey, Monday, great, great okay, moment. Uh, I, and, uh, I wasn't our... actually. I wasn't actually muted. Uh, I re had to reinstall some stuff on my computer, and it just wasn't selected, mm. so it wasn't intentional. We had that crash on Friday, Huss, so I had to open the thing up. And do some work to prevent that from happening. Did Again, you put those ram the ram in. I put some. Yeah, church. My dad came over. We put some new beautiful ram in. Not gonna have anything crashing because it it ruined the show Friday. Anyways, great. Um, yeah, great weekend. We had Jets, Moose, NFL, uh, the home opener, and now we're just counting down to tomorrow. PLD's return. I'll be there with my thank you PLD sign, responsible for the two biggest shows 
in Winnipeg Sports Talk history, the day with the report of uh, him being at the draft and the day he got traded. So uh, thank you, PLD. But I think we're talking about the Jets, us leading the league in what expected goals uh, after two games, uh, looking dominant at times. They'd have some flashbacks to that game last year. where They gave up three empty netters to Carolina at the end. But, hey, they pulled out the win, and I think they're looking good, and this top line is really rolling. Yeah, no, listen, they uh, we're going to get into, I mean, how good the top line has looked, the performance of the team overall. Um, you mentioned, though, thank you, PLD. I got to give a shout-out to Brett Robinson, who responded to uh, one of the tweets I'd sent out over the course of the weekend and said, like, tomorrow night at the game, we should be applauding and cheering every time Dubois touches the puck because we have him to thank for Gabriel Velarde, Alex Ayafalo, and Rasmus Kapari, who have all looked great in their first couple games with the Winnipeg Jets. And, and Rima, just while we're talking about tomorrow's game in a minute, um, folks, uh, we are fired up. Tomorrow, the first game in the Winnipeg Sports Talk four-game pack is uh, is going to go down. I've got some details on that. And, and, you know, maybe just for podcast listeners, I'll throw that stuff out right now. Um, you know, we do have early access to the game. Uh, we'll be there for 5.30 in the Whiskey Hangar Bar right outside of Section 316, uh, working on a few things to raffle off. Um, but as far as getting in at that point, you folks, you're going to need to enter through gate six, which is the gate in the skywalk at Hargrave and Graham. Um, and basically you just walk up the stairs through the skywalk and it's just to the left. That's where our section is. That's where we will be. So, uh, if you can get there early, I know there's been some questions about your free beer or drink or pop or water. That's going to be loaded into the Jets 360 account. So if you haven't already done it, like if you've purchased your tickets, but you don't have the app, make sure you download your app and link your account to it. That's how you're going to be able to do that. Um, and you, and as I said, you know, going forward, the app is going to be what you'll use to redeem that for the four games. And, uh, other than that, get ready to get loud. You can bring signs, anything else creative that you've got. Maybe we'll work on a fun chant or two when uh, we're getting together in the bar beforehand. Um, and again, just a quick note, we did get some more seats added across the aisle in Section 317. So if you've been sort of humming and hawing, um, now's the time to do it, folks. There's a link in the description of this video. If you're listening on the podcast, go to winnipegsportstalk.com and click on the link. Uh, it's four awesome games. Tomorrow night, the PLD return. Thursday, November 30th against McDavid and the Oilers. Saturday night, HNIC, Toronto Maple Leafs on Jan 27th. And what could be a massive game in April, Thursday, April 4th against the Calgary Flames. And it's 375 taxes in. It includes tickets to all four games. You get a free beer, drink, pop, or water at all four games as well. And you'll also be able to join us a little early for a little pregame get-together. And we'll do a few giveaways at that as well. So if you haven't already, if you were thinking, let's do this. We've got a great turnout. We've had to add more seats. I can't wait to see you all tomorrow. And uh, let's get ready to bring it in 316 and 317 tomorrow night with the uh, with the Winnipeg Jets uh, Jets pack. And I can tell you, Remo, I was up in 316 on Saturday afternoon. 
And it was a heck of a lot of fun. Quite a roller coaster of a game. Um, you know, 1-1 after the first period. And I thought the Jets played great. Obviously, Brendan Dillon took that really unfortunate delay, a game penalty, and the Panthers scored on the power play. And then before a lot of people even got back to the seats in period two, the Kings were up one nothing. And maybe the biggest, biggest point of the entire game for me was the shifley Connor Velarde gut line getting right out there after the team went down 2-1 and took all of, what, 10, 12 seconds to even the game up. And at that point, the Jets really did take over that second period. And you mentioned some of those analytic numbers that have the Jets at the top of the National Hockey League. Um, to be honest, I'm surprised at just how well things have looked through for the first two games. Even if you believe that, you know, that the talent was there and the ability to do it, to have it come together as quickly as it has has been uh, really impressive. And it has been led by Mark Shifley, who, to be honest, looks like uh, in some ways almost a different player. So engaged right now. And who had a Gordie Howe hat trick on the bingo card for the home opener for 55? Yeah. Uh, wow. Uh, really impressive stuff from Mark Shifley. Impressive stuff from that top line. Remember last year we said, oh, this top line for the Jets could be one of the best lines in the league. And that was Ehlers, Connor. Shafley, I think you're, you know, the second year now, uh, we're talking about Eli or Connor, Shifley, and Velarde, and I think that's a better mix. Velarde, you know, this guy you can go into the corner, dig out the puck, and on that second goal, 10 seconds after, um, Florida took the lead, what, 25 seconds into the third, uh, into the second period, Velarde tips it in, Shifley retrieves, speeds around the net, passes to Connor, who's in the slot, and buries it, and you saw them on the first goal as well. Morrissey, you know, on the power play, Morrissey finding Connor streaking down the wing, who finds Shifley down the middle, who just blasts by uh, the Panthers defenseman and uh, puts one past Bob. I mean, that line has certainly been rolling, didn't really get reward. Well, they scored two goals uh, in the first game, but I feel like they could have had more. And uh, I mean, it was just a, a great performance. A little dicey there at the end with the penalties. I thought, you know, the refs made, they were, there was some game management there giving Florida all those power it was plays. was Tim Peel special. It seemed like icing was turned, like in play EA Sports NHL, you can choose, you know, penalties on or off. It seemed like interference turned on for the Jets and off for Florida. Um, what, Kachuk? You know, you're talking about Mark Shifley having to fight. Uh, Matthew Kachuk goes to hit him. He doesn't have a puck. The puck's nowhere near them. Like, why that isn't uh, interference? That's And that's not a, a, a people are like, oh, reverse hit, reverse hit. That's not a reverse hit. That was interference. That was dangerous play. So good for Mark Shifley standing up for himself. That was kind of cowardly, uh, Kachuk. Also, not only did he hit a guy without the puck, starts feeding him shots in the face as they're falling down to the ground. I thought there was some code in hockey where uh, you, people don't do that to each other. Yeah, but, but I listen, guess if you're, if you're looking for the co if you're looking for following the unwritten rules of the code, isn't don't look at Matthew Kachuk to be the guy leading the way. I mean, he's a rat. Everybody knows. You'd love to have him on your team. You hate playing against him. Um, and yeah, it was a cheap shot on Shifley. Shifley, to his credit, didn't take Kachuk's BS. The, 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 play, the part of it that pissed me off the most was the fact that they gave Shifley the extra penalty for the slash. Like, uh, that almost never happens. I mean, you have a really questionable play like like Kachuk did on Shifley, you get a bit of retaliation and they drop the gloves. That's five and five and move on. Not a power play. And that kind of went back to some of the game management that I think you mentioned. And the freaking interference penalty on Nino Niederreiter 
late in the third period was egregious to say the mm-hmm. least. Um, that being said, they uh, they managed to survive it. Our, the the tone of this show might be a little different if Matthew Kachuk puts it on the inside of the post as opposed to the outset uh, outside of the post. Um, you know, with the uh, you know when the Jets had that power play in the final two minutes. All that being said, though, I mean, it was a uh, it was a fun, fun afternoon. Great turnout. Shout out to everyone that popped by the pregame party as well. Patrick and the guys did a great job. Uh, it was a beautiful day outside. I think maybe a few people maybe stayed away from the game because of that, unfortunately. But um, a great way to start off this season at home and this homestand because, as we've said, Remus, we knew that, you know, having lost that game in Calgary – this is, you know, a tough week for Winnipeg. They've got the Kings and Vegas at home, a road game in Edmonton on Saturday night. Really looking forward to that one as well. But I think it all goes back to what the Winnipeg Jets are doing as a team. And if they play the way they played against Calgary and the way that they played against uh, the uh, the Florida Panthers, they're going to be able to to play and compete with anybody in the National Hockey League right now. And uh, I think overall, I mean, uh, last week was one of the most um, energizing weeks, I think, to the fan base we've seen in a long time. Starting off with the extensions, the way the team played in Calgary, and then getting that first win in the fashion that they did. It's, uh, as I've said, the the vibes are as good as they've been in a long time around Winnipeg. And uh, I just can't wait to get to the rink and see the WST crew tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the extensions. I think it really opened a lot of people's eyes. You figured they would be get traded or we're going to have a lot of conversations about it. Now we're having conversations. How can they help out Shafley and Hellebuck going forward? And then you had the play on the ice. Uh, I know they lost in Florida, but outplayed them majority of the game, got goalied uh, by Markstrom and, you know, really took it to Florida for most of the game until, you know, the refs decided to do, I don't know what they were doing, like tilting the ice. In Florida's favor, you mentioned the Nino called Pionk got an interference, which you know, they do call that interference, but they just had let a lot of stuff go before that. So you're like, oh, that's what you call after letting a couple plays that were clear interference go. So that I mean that was disappointing. I'm not a big ref, you suck chant guy. I wish there was a better chant, but um that's what it is. And it was certainly deserved. And you mentioned the Jets play. Here's Money Puck has expected goals percentage. So the Jets earning sixty-six percent of the expected goals and people saying oh what what does that even mean it just means they're out shooting their opponent and out shooting them from the higher danger areas and I think you saw that for sure against Calgary a lot of shots in tight and even yesterday or Saturday's game what I'm just a couple plays that didn't go in what the Ealers one-timer slap shot and the draw pass from Kyle Connor I was like oh man that would have been so nice Nino uh with a one-touch Speed from Perfetti, uh, who was, uh, you know, with, was a nice one off double post. And that line as well, Nino with some nice work down low, uh, freeing the puck for Perfetti to find Dylan DeMello. And was it you who was saying Dylan DeMello doesn't need a goal song last week when I brought up if he's going to have Montel Jordan again? We'll get to the goal songs at the end. I but don't think it was me. He's people my in chat. I think it was people in chat. When, and he scored a couple last year, and that was a nice uh, shot there past Bob. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt about it. Yeah, we'll have some fun. We'll go through our favorite goal songs later on in the program. Um, you know, listen, I, I'm not going to get to too much of this because, I mean, I kind of want to focus on what's on the ice. But, I mean, I do see some mentions about, you know, the crowd. I'll say this about the crowd. I mean, I was there. It certainly didn't seem like there were 2,000 empty seats. Um, 
I mean, I guess all I can just say is from what that I saw, I mean, it certainly wasn't sold out, but I didn't think it looked or certainly felt like uh 13, two or three or whatever they, uh, whatever the number that came out was. Um, but I mean, for people that are asking where the fans were, I mean, I guess, where were you? Uh, <laughs> that's the best question. I don't know. I was there. I saw a lot of you there. Um, listen, if people are, if people were taking a wait and see approach to this season and this team, uh, I think you got a pretty good indication last week from Monday with the contract extensions to the way the teams played this week to just the vibe around the team that uh, I think things are going in a really positive direction. And uh, hopefully many of you that maybe had seats that for whatever reason don't have them now um, will get back out there. Um, as they say, if you're thinking about a smaller package, Come to the WST pack. Get on it. Four games. It starts tomorrow. Um, because I'll tell you what. I mean, Remo, this team is fun to watch. It has a lot of talent on it right now. And I don't know, maybe because I know there is that narrative that this team is just, they're just running it back. It's the same old thing. I mean, I keep on pointing out. I mean, look at the the, the defense is, and obviously it's unfortunate that Billy wasn't able to play in that game. But um Five of the 12 forwards on the Winnipeg Jets weren't Jets at the beginning of March last year. I mean, you bring in Nito, you bring in Vlad, who I think have been great additions at the trade deadline, and then add the three guys in that in that deal. Um, it's I think the team's different. It's definitely deeper. Um, and from early results, um, pretty good. <laughs> um, so anyways, that is the, uh, just you know a comment on the uh, on that for people that are asking in chat. Hopefully that's not something we'll be talking about all year long, um, but that's only going to change if some of the people that normally had been going are going kind of step up and get back in the building. So I'm hoping I'll have a chance to see you at the rink beginning tomorrow uh, when the Jets take on the LA Kings. Hey, just speaking of the blue line defense, um, we did get a chance to see all the players introduced at the beginning of the year. I was surprised to see Billy on the bench when they did that. I, I thought that he had gone back to Finland. Um, certainly that's what the team said it had happened, that he was going to have a surgery and, you know, be around friends and family. Not sure whether he came back specifically just to be a part of the opening week and maybe do a little bit of rehab or not. But um, it was both great to see Villy, but at the same time, it just reminded you of how unfortunate that injury was that's going to keep him out of the lineup for the better part of the first two months of the year. Yeah, I, I was under the impression that he went home to Finland to recover, but... Uh, they gave those guys uh, their moment on the bench during the introductions. Nice to see Villy, and that was uh, terrible. Like, you couldn't even script that. Uh, this guy battling for a spot, finally about to get his chance, injured in the final preseason game. Your heart breaks for him, and hopefully he can have a speedy uh, recovery, and, you know, he'll end up going home, I'm sure, eventually to recover from his surgery, but that's that hurts, man. That hurts. It does. Um you know, and we're going to spend probably quite a bit of time tomorrow focusing in on the PLD trade and the new members of the Kings. But I see big guy mentioning in chat, Kapari has surprised me so far. Um, like the first moment that I was a real eye opener for Kapari for me was being at the game in Calgary when he cranked his speed up to another level and just blew by one of the Flames defensemen. He did it again on Saturday. Um, so he's certainly got the wheels, but Remus, he's got a knack. Like, I don't think he's particularly good when it comes to finishing or sniping, 
But man, he generates a lot. And the, the, the play that he made to hold on to the puck, to turn around and feed Morgan Barron for a tap in in front of the net in the second period. Another huge, huge play by the club, by the newcomer. And man, when you can get that sort of contribution and chip in from your fourth line, I mean, that's exactly, I think, what Rick Bonus envisions this team with the ability to play four lines far more consistently than this club has done at any point, frankly, over the last number of seasons. Man, that play by Kupari, you know, one thing last game, you got lines for, or goals from every line here. You know, Shifley with a couple. Uh, it was Kerfetti setting up DeMello. And then you had uh, Barron and, you know, Barron with one and Lowry uh, with one as well. Or sorry, Appleton to Lowry. We do, all we think about is... Uh, we'll get to that is, in a moment. ...is the Lowry, but... Uh, I love that play by Kupari, getting in behind the net, laying the body, uh, retrieving the puck, and then didn't just throw it in front of us. He had time. I don't know how he had so much time, but spun around, surveyed the situation, threw it in front, and there was people in front, and uh, Barron ended up poking it in. And I agree, he seems like a big guy. He's got speed. Maybe he doesn't have uh, the finishing and stuff, but the skill on that fourth line, certainly there, and... You're looking at the ice time uh, for those guys, and here's uh, Kupari rocking number 15, reminding me of what, like Matt Hendricks out there, nine, 9.55, which, you know, usually that fourth line is, what, five, six minutes traditionally on the Winnipeg Jets, so uh, Coach Bonus showing some trust in those guys. And I guess Kupari also, what, does he get some? Uh, he and, B- and Barron were good on the PK, the too. PK. And so the new guys that they have, I mean, Kupari... I follow uh, Baron. Some of these guys who've come in the last couple of years, Nino for sure, uh, bigger guys, strong on the forecheck and good at retrieving pucks. So, uh, you know, you, they've kind of transformed a little in the last couple of years, bringing all those guys in. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, let's get to the play of the game. And this could end <laughs> up being one of the plays of the season. Uh, I, I would love, I, I would love to know your thoughts in the chat of where this goal ranks up as, you know, amongst the most memorable of the, uh, you know, of the Jets 2.0 era. Um, and again, recency bias is everything. I'm sure there's plenty. I did see, you know, somebody said to me after I tweeted about it, that was the second best goal after the infamous 5-on-0 flying V. I was going to say also that. Also against the Panthers. Also against the Panthers a number of years ago. But um Listen, and we're going to get to this with Pooley later on. I'll have to ask him about just how impressive it was of how engaged a player like Josh Morris, who plays so much, uh, was engaged on the bench to be able to help out his teammate Adam Lowry. But if you miss the play, Adam Lowry in the defensive zone, making a play to get the puck out, lost his stick, but gained possession of the puck. And uh, he took a handoff from Josh Morrissey right into the gut for another stick, which then allowed he and Mason Appleton to go in on a two-on-one. This is Paul Edmonds's call. And shout-out to the Jets. I know we had often played some of the great highlights with Paul's accused, but um, they made the most of one of the more interesting, interesting goals in Jets history. And a big one at that ended up being the winning goal. Here's how it sounded on 680 CGOB when Paul Edmonds called it on Saturday afternoon. Process past the far side, Kachuk couldn't handle that cleanly, and it was taken off his stick by Lowry. Lowry kicked it from his skate to his stick, grabbed another stick off the back, put it out in front for Appleton, he scores! 
What a goal by the Winnipeg Jets! That is unbelievable! 5-2 Winnipeg! What a call from Paul, and what a moment uh, in um, in the building on Saturday afternoon. And um, as I say, you want to talk about the crowd? There's a lot of people probably that wish they were there on the afternoon, and hopefully we'll see them in future games. But that, Remus, was such an incredible play, and so heads up by Josh. Now, where I was sitting in Section 316, we're not facing the benches, so I had no idea. I kind of thought that it was one of the equipment guys, is because they're usually the guys that do it, but there was so little time to react because of where Lowry was. I mean, what a heads-up play by Josh Morrissey, and I still maintain, and maybe this is because I am on the over for Morrissey's point prop at cool bet. He should have gotten an assist for that play. <laughs> I've seen a lot of people in chat, and I'll say when I was watching, I was like, oh, Lowry's just going to kick the puck to Appleton now, uh, and it'll be a great play. But then, yeah, you see the stick. I'm like, oh, those equipment guys are really on it. Uh, which they usually are. You've seen videos of them with their hands on the sticks based on, you know, who's on the ice and stuff. But no, it was Josh Morrissey giving the stick and, you know, Lowry, a bit taller guy than Morrissey. The heads up play, grabbing the stick. I mean, getting in in right position to pass to Ableton. Thankfully, the play, the puck went in, just, you know, went past into Bob and threw him and in. So, I mean, absolutely incredible play. And I was thinking of the flying V goal, a couple others I've seen in chat that I thought of as best Jets. You know, I see Connor in chat. What's up, Connor? He's talking about the Truba. That's playoff. I think playoff regular season, not not comparable. But I'll say Tanev, hat-trick goal against Bruins. Uh, Chris Thorburn, dangle on Ryan Miller. On Ryan Miller, and Ryan which wasn't Mi- really a dangle, but it sure looked like it. Yeah, it sure looked <laughs> like it. Hold on. There might be there might be a couple others. Uh, I don't remember what up. I'll go, I'm going with those. Those are the ones that I that come to my mind in terms well, of goal, in terms just, of memorable it, goals. It was such an interesting one. Uh, you know, it obviously ended up being the winner because things got a little hairy there at the end. And um, you know that third line, Adam Lowry continuing to uh, lead the way for the Winnipeg Jets, and Mason Appleton being able to finish at a crucial juncture in the game. You know, we heard the call from Paul Edmonds. Let's hear what the captain had to say about that play getting the uh, bench assist from his pal Josh Morrissey that set up that two-on-one and uh, what ended up being the decisive goal in the hockey game on Saturday. Unbelievable handoff. You know, I was, it was so smooth, I didn't even know it was him until we got back to the bench. You know, him and Vladdy used kind of similar sticks and I was going to kick it down the ice and then kind of all of a sudden there's a stick right in my stomach and I felt like a running back, you know, just getting in and hitting the hole. So, um yeah, it was super heads-up play by him. I think uh, Brownie was saying that you know if you watch the replay, Jay almost clips me in the head with my own stick. So he was quick on the draw too. So um, yeah, it's one of those things. You know, it, it happens once in a while where guys get other sticks from the bench, usually your own, and go down and score. But uh, you know, probably pretty rare with someone else's. So it was a great assist by Jay. You know, that was a uh, obviously a huge play, a great moment on Saturday afternoon, and. Uh, Listen, it was pretty cool to see uh, Lowry out there wearing the C. I thought he had a strong game, although no passengers for the Winnipeg Jets in that game. Um, Rick Bonus did talk about the two goals that went in at the end when the Panthers had the goalie pulled and said that there were you know, some obvious mistakes that can be corrected. That's something they're going to work on. 
But man, you get that first win in the uh, in the bank, you start feeling good. Well, they should feel great about the way that they've played. And now tomorrow night, uh, a big performance, hopefully on deck, as the WST crew comes in for our first game of our four-game pack. Um, we're going to get to Dave Poulin right away, and we'll talk more about this with Hammer coming up a little later on. And yes, we will get to your feedback on the goal songs. We'll give you some of our uh, some of our favorites. Um, but just before we welcome in Dave. Let me give a big thanks to our friends at Modern Man Barbershops, now with eight locations in Winnipeg, including their newest locations on Pemina Highway or Plessy Road. Fellas, Modern Man Barbershops offer a variety of grooming services, including haircuts, beard shaping, shaves, color services, and more. Book your look and make an appointment at modernmanbarber.com and give them a follow on Instagram at Modern Man Barbershops. Well, pool season's over, but if you're thinking about taking the plunge in 2024, Aquatech are the experts. You can get working on that, including financing options. What you might not know, that whole home renovations start with Aquatech as well. With thousands of renos as their foundation, Aquatech can upgrade any space in your home. If you're ready to enhance your kitchen, bathroom, or even add a man cave to your home, visit aqua-tech.ca to learn more about their whole home renovations, including financing options. Um, well, hockey season is back and you know what that means enjoy this weather while it's around folks but halloween's coming up in a couple weeks and then it's november then it's going to be snowing and we're going to be dealing with this manitoba winter do not procrastinate make sure your battery is ready to get you through the winnipeg winter now's a great time to pop by manitoba battery see donnie and the gang for a free battery test to see where you're at and if you do know that you need a new car or truck battery to get you through the Manitoba winter, shop local, get the best prices in town, and you won't even have to leave your home. That's right. Not only will Manitoba Battery give you the best price beating the pants off the big box stores, but they'll deliver it to you for free anywhere in the city of Winnipeg on any purchase over 60 bucks. It's just that easy. Head on over to manitobabattery.com. For all their great selection and pricing, you can give them a phone call as well at 783-8787, and they'll bring it to you anywhere in the city. And, of course, if you want to pop by, see Donnie and his great staff, you can go pop by there and see them at 1026 Logan Avenue. Again, it's manitobabattery.com. And uh, big cheers to our friends at Canadian Club. Great weekend. and there's a few CCs going down after the game all around downtown Winnipeg. And not only will we have the opportunity to do that, hopefully toast a couple more Jets wins this week, but the CC will be flown at IG Field on Saturday night as the Bombers look to clinch the Western Division again and book their ticket to the West Final. Of course, Canadian Club is the official spirit of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, available throughout IG Field, as is Canadian Club and Ginger Ale in 473 milliliter cans and you can pick those up as well at your local beer store. All right, we'll talk Jets and Bombers with Hammer a little later on today on the show. But right now, let's welcome in TSN's Dave Poulin for his thoughts on the Jets to open the season. Dave, it is great to have you back, and it's great to have the NHL back. How are you? I am so good, Andrew. I get to watch hockey now. And you get back in, they kind of tiptoed us back into this. Like there were three games the first night, then a little bit more, and then a little bit more. Then they pulled us back to two games on Friday night. And then they inundated us with 14 games on Saturday and two games Sunday. So it's been a nice balance, but 
starting to get a feel for it a little bit. And hey, you know what? I'm just like you are. You get back in the studio, you're back in the rink calling games, you knock a little rust off just like the players do, and and you go back to work. But there's so much excitement in several of the markets right now and maybe nowhere more than Winnipeg. Well, and speaking of Winnipeg, and this is going to excite our listeners and viewers a lot more, we're going to get a little more pooling on the broadcast this year. We've got about uh, double digits of Dave Poolin with uh, on Jets Hockey. We are, and that's just the initial part of it. So at least 10 times uh, I'll be doing the intermissions for the Jets and maybe a couple more as the season goes on. They usually a couple more get added. So I'm really looking forward to it. And I usually do get at some point um, – I will potentially slide in if Kevin's got something going. I may get a game with Dan somewhere on the road or, you know, some conflicting schedules. So always enjoy my Jets time, and you will see a little bit more of me. Well, you know, Dave, let's start off with what we've seen on the ice for the first couple of games. I Obviously, there's a much bigger conversation to have about what happened a week ago today, a bit of a Thanksgiving present to uh, Winnipeg Jet fans from Kevin Cheveldayoff and the organization. Um, I was in Calgary for the opening game, and... I'll be honest, I, I I was bummed out with the way the game kind of fell apart in the last 90 seconds or so of the third period. But overall, I walked out of the building going, this team has a lot of talent. They played great. If we see performances like that all season long, we're going to be getting the whites on in April. Um, and then, of course, a big win at home uh, on Saturday afternoon against the Florida Panthers. I mean, uh, early on through two games, what have your uh, first impressions been of the 2023-2024 Jets? It's all very positive. And, and I was watching some of the new guys. And, you know, I'm looking at Gabe Velarde after every missed chance that's right on his tape in front of the net. He's going to score some goals. And all I could think, you put yourself in a new player's position, you say, man, did I end up in a good spot where I'm hanging out right now. And I'm seeing the puck in different places than I'm used to, and I'm going to have to adjust. But I think that takes time with Iafalo and, and with um, Kupari's had flashes of really good play. But to me, how Velarde fits in in that upper six, how it all plays out, I don't think it's set yet, but clearly Mark Shifley is flying. Kyle Connor is, well, can you say anything better than Kyle Connor's being Kyle Connor? Like, that's the ultimate compliment, right? It's like, okay, well, Kyle Connor's here. He's ready to go. And Connor Hellebuck, you know, is going to be himself. There's no question about that. So all in all, I think it's pretty positive. When we're watching early games, you have to factor in, you know, different things, new faces, new roles, new assignments. But all in all, I think it's off to a good start and a big home win. You're correct against Florida. You know, Dave, the Velarde's interesting. Um he had, what, seven shots in the Calgary game. But what stood out to me was just how effective he was on the puck. Um, he was, I, I don't know if there's a stat as to what percentage of puck battles he won, but it would have been well into the green. <clears throat> and a player like that doing that with Mark Shifley and Kyle Connor to me, exponentially ramps up the potential of that line. We don't overthink it, but when you're making these trades, you try and think about fits, and it's not a perfect world, but you think about that exact role that you're talking about. Like, who's the perfect winger for those guys? Well, to me, it's someone who doesn't need to puck a whole lot through the neutral zone, but who can retrieve it, who can win battles, who can get things going, you know, through the entire, particularly in the offensive zone. And he has that, and he's a big body, and he's also 
you know, he's run into some injury issues. He probably haven't hasn't seen the volume of the type of opportunity he's getting right now. That's the exciting part for me. And I literally watched him, and there were a couple of great up closes in that Florida game where he had good chances. And you could just see the eyes go up into the top of the head. It's like, oh, man, I wasn't expecting that on my tape right there. You'll get better at that. Um, I have Fallow seems to be a player that comes as delivered. Um, really good in both ends. The thing that sort of stands out to me uh, is just how good he looks on that power play. I mean, gets in front of the net. He's good down low, makes a quick pass. I'm not sure people knew enough about outside foul, and we heard so much about his defensive game. I think that he's going to be able to contribute in uh, many different ways for this Winnipeg club. I agree, Andrew. And I think you can say that about all three of these players, you know, that, that, that as much isn't known about them as, you know, as the information the Winnipeg scouts would have had. That's where you turn your scouting department and they would go right back. And we've talked about this before in the program, the mix of your amateur and pro scouts and, You'd go right back with young players like this to see, you know, both in college and junior and in Europe, three different avenues of development for these players to say, okay, what did we see? What did we like then? And how do we see that fitting in here? And, you know, if all three of these pieces work out as they're capable of, this is a home run for Winnipeg. It really is. And, and I think there are different types of players, but I think each one can find a role with their respective lines in this group. Um, you know, you mentioned Kapari. I mean, he's shown, he, I mean, he's got a, another gear. He that... can fly. There was a play, Andrew. He went outside of a D in the Florida game. Might have been Kulikov. Like, it was, it was as you watch a player skate by a player, and you're like, okay, what was happening there? You Was that just pure speed? And it was. It was on his offside, and, you're correct. There have been flashes for him that have been outstanding. He did the same thing in the Calgary game. I remember leaning over to Rick Ralph going, I'm not sure the Jets have had a fourth liner that had that sort of ability just to crank it up a notch. And then, of course, he had that beautiful um, beautiful setup to Morgan Barron for a big, big goal. Um, Saturday, the last, I mean, all Saturday evening, wherever you went, if anyone watched the game or was at the game, we were talking about it. Mason Appleton's goal with Adam Lowry courtesy of Josh Morrissey's stick. I still think the NHL should give Morrissey an assist on that play, but um, what did you say? I mean, I, I think it says a number of things. First of all, how dialed in and into the game the guys on the bench were. I mean, I can't say enough about Josh Morrissey, but then to execute that play for Adam Lowry at, at top speed to Appleton, who was just about ready to move off to go to the puck because he knew his teammate didn't have a stick. Heck of a way to get a winning goal in the home opener. You love every bit of it. You really do. But the attention on the bench is something that's you think that would be the norm. You'd be stunned how it's not. And, you know, this is the point that a veteran coach was trying to make about not having iPads on the bench while the game is going on. And, and that's exactly why. Like, if Josh Morrissey's staring down at an iPad there to see what his last shift was, that play doesn't happen. And, and not only... Should you be watching the shift ahead of you? But clearly you should be watching what's going on in the game. It's a learning experience. It's live. It, you're there. And why are you watching something that just happened? So that's a little sneaky shot at the iPads on the bench during the flow of play. But, you know, watch the game. Be a part of it. And he certainly was.
How, how did, I mean, I'll be honest, this is funny you bring that up. I mean, it's not something I ever really pay, really pay attention to because you're always watching what's happening on the ice. Do different teams handle the use of iPads differently um, from a market to market? They do. There was a lot of attention called to it, obviously. Um, well, two occasions. One, when Chris Kreider took it away from Zibanejad and smashed it down on the floor. <laughs> Remember that. <laughs> two was John Tortorella taking them away totally from his players. Now, I do think today's generation learns in a different manner. Uh, I believe in Montreal, it's during TV timeouts only. And so we're seeing an introduction in different markets in different ways about how to use it effectively. Personally, I'm seeing them a lot less on the bench during games. I think everybody said, okay, enough. We can't sit and watch, essentially watch TV during the game. And to your point about that play by Josh Morris on the bench, that's an exact reason why. Um, Pooley, listen, I want to get your thoughts on, you know, the rest of the league and the division, but let's go back to last Monday, um, Thanksgiving. I was on the way back from the Twin Cities after that Chiefs game. Um, Remus called me. At first, I thought he was joking. I mean, I, it was such a stunning bit of news that not only did they get one of these guys signed, but both of them to twin deals of identical length and value. Um, wh what was your first reaction when you heard the Jets had managed to make that happen and the significance of both players buying in long-term at the same amount as their teammate? It was surprised. We did have an inkling of it. Um, you know, I sit with beside a pretty connected guy during games, and that's Darren Draggard. And but how quiet they kept that. First of all, when you've got the number of people you have involved, from representation to family members to anything you might trickle down to, like who is your inner circle? Who are you talking to about it? And how do you keep that as quiet as they kept it? That's that's really good. That's very, very positive. The twin deal part of it. You're separating Connor Halvak and Mark Shifley and putting them on a different level as two players who now have the opportunity to play their entire career in one place. Hey, not many guys get to do that. That is a privilege. That is an earned privilege. And they have the opportunity to do something very unique, not just in hockey, in all of sport. We can count on essentially one hand the guys that get to do that, particularly the longer they play. And credit to both of them for, I guess it's, it's for figuring out the importance of that, for figuring out the importance of that to the Winnipeg market. They're two guys who know the market well. Hey, it's important to their families. If you had given me the opportunity when I was in Philadelphia to play the whole way through there, and when I was traded my twins were four and I had a newborn. So it turned the house upside down. And to have the opportunity to do that for your family, I mean, all those things that don't get mentioned, but also to make the commitment that you're willing to make. And these two guys have made a lot of money and they're gonna make a lot more money. And it's not about pure volume of dollars at the end of the day, it's about being unique and doing something unique and having a chance to be a part of something special. And Mark Shifley and Connor Halbeck both now have that. They've also set a precedent in the market for guys that want to be there. And, and you know, 
there's been a couple of instances where guys have left for whatever reason. Pierre-Luc Dubois, um, you know, the most recent. But now you've got guys that are committed to the market. And, you know, and I, I'm watching, I live in an area now where your first round pick is beloved, and that's Colby Barlow. And, you know, they think they've got a player long-term that'll be very similar to that. Not only great on the ice, but a great asset off the ice. So you look for that when you scout. They've got them in those two players. They're long-time Winnipeg Jets. It's funny you bring up Barlow, Dave, because, um, you know, having the opportunity to, to meet him at the draft and interview him shortly after he was picked by the Jets in the first round, um, and the type of young man and the energy that he brings coming off the Rucker McGrory pick, the development camp this year was so refreshing and I think exciting for fans just because, for lack of a better word, the vibe was so high and fun. And and to be honest, that had been missing from the club um, for the last couple of years. It, it certainly seems seems different right now. And, I mean, maybe the Dubois saga was, was part of it. Um, but as a player in the Jet locker room, how do you think, the commitments of Hellebuck and and Scheif and the team to them, how do you think that resonated within the Winnipeg Jets, with have, which have a bunch of new players? I mean, five of the 12 forwards in opening night weren't on the team in, uh, on the 1st of March, if you include Nemetsnikov and, and Nino coming over at the deadline. I'm sure these guys had heard all sorts of stories about how everyone wants to get out of here. What, what does that do to the team inside the room to have two of your most important players ink long-term deals knowing that for the foreseeable future and probably for the end of their careers, they're here riding with Winnipeg. It's a huge plus, no question. It started with Josh Morrissey, too, committing long-term and, and and then you know increasing his level of play to a whole new level. So it is huge. There is a nice group of talent coming. And when that talent gets together... You know, when I first started, we were one of the first teams to have these rookie camps in Philadelphia in the early 80s. And we didn't really know what we had coming, but it was my second full year when all of a sudden we had an influx of the Sutter twins. We had one, we traded for the second. We had Ronnie, we traded for Richie. Rick Tockett, Peter Zazzle, Derek Smith, Murray Craven we traded for. All of a sudden we had this host of 21, 20, and 19-year-olds and they looked at each other and said, okay, we can grow together. So not only do we have our veteran squad, we had this young squad that wanted to be a part of it. They wanted to push into the veteran squad, and they did. And we saw enormous success that first year under Mike Keenan with that type of makeup. So you look at your Brad Lamberts and your Rutger McGrorys and your Colby Barlows now and the group that they have coming, and you think of the potential, Lucius would be in that group as well. And you look at the potential of that group coming and say, Hey, let's join the party. So it's all positive from the signatures on the dotted line of those two star players right down through the group of players coming. I have to imagine it would say uh, probably a great way to welcome in three new players coming over from Los Angeles as well. And even, as I mentioned, those, those other guys before are players that had been here. I mean, to see that this is, and Rick Bonus mentioned it a couple times, and this is the thing that he emphasized we now have a group where every single guy in this locker room wants to be here. And, um, I mean, certainly it gives us things to talk about when guys are rumored in trades or whatnot. But for a team, especially at the start of the season, with some pretty clear and lofty goals, knowing that everyone 
is all in, for lack of a better term, has to be huge for a head coach and really for the entire dynamic of a hockey team. It is a contagious thing. There's no question about it. And, you know, that's all positive. And I think Rick Bonus started it when he arrived last year. And, you know, Paul Maurice had, had a long and good run. But when the change was made, it started it. And, you know, you do, as these veterans got older, you lost four key defensemen all in one fell swoop there after the, the conference final run. And change had gone on. But you are correct right now. That alone, the commitment of those two guys, extends far past them. Now, Pooley, I want to specifically ask you about Mark Shifley. I mean, Hellebuck's Hellebuck. He's going to always be speaking without a filter. You'll know exactly where you stand with him. And listen, he's uh, part of the goalie union, and they're a little different. Mark has been the center of attention, really, since he's been here. And he came here as this fresh-faced young player, the first ever drafted player by the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, and, and over the last couple of years, it seemed like whether there were some things going on off the ice, whether there was the contract, whatever it was, he wasn't. He didn't have that same level of energy, positive energy, that I think we all loved about him in the first few years. That certainly seems to be back early on this season. Um, but I guess my question for you is, to go through the summer with everything that had been rumored, things that maybe thought would take place that didn't, now that he has the security of his long-term contract, knowing that he'll probably likely be a Winnipeg Jet for the rest of his career, um, he's got wealth that you know is going to set him and his family up going forward. What does this do for Mark to just let him, first of all, know that the team and everyone is behind him and is committed to him, but as a player and as a leader on this club, how does that maybe free him up to get back to the guy that... Um, you know, that took this city by uh, by storm uh, years earlier. Well, I don't think you can overstate how important it is for the individual to be in a good place. And, you know, I was asked at the start of the year, uh, I had Austin Matthews number two on my top 50 list. And people were like, well, how can you have number two? And I said, everything else in his life has lined up. His contract is lined up. His line mate has lined up. His team is lined up. The disappointments have lined up, all those things. And I think similarly about Mark Scheifele, you go through different stages of life. And all of a sudden, you're in a place where the sun is shining and everything is lined up. And I think that's where Mark Scheifele is right now. You know, I, I'm I'm watching from the outside, but it's inevitable you have ebbs and flows in your career. And it's a distraction when you even think about going someplace else. It just is. And, you know, going into the summer, that was a consideration. It was an inevitable consideration with one year left. And, you know, an unrestricted free agent, what was going to happen? What was going to play out? Hey, that wears on you. You know, you think of, oh, well, everything's perfect. It's not perfect. It wears on you. It wears on your home. It wears on everything around you. And to have all of that released and be in a good place, I don't think it can overstate the importance of it. I mean, now, uh, as I said, when I, uh, you know, we were doing a video of the uh, of the signings, I mean, there's really only one thing to do, and that's um, go out there and win hockey games. Um, he's even seemed, and again, this is two games, but I mean, a knock on Mark was just sort of, you know, lack of uh, attention to detail defensively and whatnot. He seems to be more engaged like that. Like, do you expect we'll see Mark continue to grow as a player now in this 
second stage of his career, if you will, with this long-term extension. And, you know, maybe some of those things that people always wanted to see from him, from his idol, Steve Eiserman. I mean, I don't think we're going to be talking about Mark up for a Selkie trophy, but I think we all agreed that there was more to more, maybe more to get out of Mark in that aspect. And I mean, to be honest, the early returns have seemed pretty good. And uh, that would be maybe the biggest thing of all of this for the Winnipeg Jets, because everyone knows the guy can light the lamp. Well, he certainly can. And, you know, it seemed that the whole Pierre-Luc Dubois thing derailed him a little bit. And whether that was the thought that they went out and traded for a number one center and it was like, wait a second, I am a number one center. But it seemed to derail him. And, you know, the roles they played within, there's certainly lots of wealth to go around with two top centermen on a team. But for whatever reason, it seemed to have an effect on him. And, And it wasn't necessarily positive. So, as that's played out, you don't know how things are going to affect you. You control what you can control, all those buzz adages that go around. Um, we are seeing a very energized player right now for all the right reasons. Dave, um, I know we're just two games in, but uh, what are your expectations for the Jets this year, and how good can this team be? I had them picked as a playoff team. Um, you know, I think the West is going to be a battle, but I did have them picked as a playoff team. And that was before these contracts were signed and on the strength of the fact that they had one of the top goaltenders in the league. I think the defense is still, you know, is led by Morrissey and, you know, and and you might still see some change there in terms of growth and how that plays out. But I liked the injection of the three players from L.A. They're all wrapped up for a couple of years. Now with the two signings, you look at the contract status of the group no distractions. Um, this can be a playoff team. And I think there's some other teams in the West, you know, everyone's expecting a huge bounce back in Calgary just because um, that still remains to be seen. They've still got a couple of pending UFAs they've got to deal with and, and got to take care of business with Vancouver. We don't know a lot about, I think they opened some eyes on opening weekend with Edmonton, but I think it's pretty open. I do the central, you know, St. Louis, Nashville, you don't, you're not sure what's going to happen in those markets, but and I don't know as I say that whether it's going to be four and four or whether it's going to be five, three, one way or the other. But I think the Winnipeg Jets are a playoff team. Um, you know, just one more question I, I should ask you about the the aftermath of these extensions. Um, certainly, we're talking about the Jets every day, and the the uncertainty about the future of top players, uh, potential trades, where the organization is going was, I mean, it dominated the entire off season and had the potential to be on a daily basis, the number one story, regardless of wins and losses in this market, if these weren't signed. Um, What does it do for a team to have that sort of uncertainty and that sort of a cloud just basically removed from uh, from the equation for the remainder of the year and doing it so early coming into hopefully a good start for the team? You knew that was going to be the first question asked, not, not only of the two players involved, but of everybody. And guys get tired about answering questions about other players. They just do. Um, you know, I'm not sure if Connor Bedard's teammates will get tired of answering what's it like to play with Connor Bedard, but there will be a point when they do. And, you know, and it just eliminates all of that. It just it just does. It's it's a great piece of business done by Kevin Sheveldayoff and the group there. Uh, I know there's more than that, more than just him involved in that for sure. And the amount of due diligence. And when you do draft a player and develop them and cultivate them and watch them grow into a star, you want to reap the benefits of that. And in, in terms of 
putting the entire team in a good place. We talked about putting those two players in a good place. But you, you can picture coming home and sitting down at the kitchen table and saying, okay, you know, uh, everything we talked about doing, we can do now. We're going to put a renovation on the house. We can do renovation on the house. We're staying. You know, so it's all long-term. Uh, Pooley, just before we go, I just got to ask you about a couple non-jet things. You mentioned Connor Bedard. What have your, uh, uh, what have your early observations been on uh, the young phenom in the Windy City? I'm not surprised that that he has had the impact he has, but yet I am surprised. It's the National Hockey League. The amount of time the puck is on his stick is staggering, Andrew. Like it's, you know, it opened up with 11 shot attempts in the first game. Well, to get 11 shot attempts in a game, you've got to have the puck on your stick a lot. There were five on net. I mean, I might have gone through a week of practice without that many shot attempts. Um, you know, I wasn't a really <laughs> gifted offensive player, but just the amount of time. Um, his movement through the neutral zone, his movement away from the puck, his calmness with the puck. And by the way, talk about a challenging start. You start with five games on the road, but they're in Pittsburgh, Boston, Montreal, Toronto tonight, and now going to Colorado. There's your opening, you know, week and a half to the NHL, Connor. Good luck. The size of volume of the pressers has been ridiculous. You know, I'm in those markets regularly, and, and I haven't seen pressers like that with those with those markets. So um, he is unique. I know he can handle it. He can flat out play, Andrew. He's going to be a really good player, and I've set my expectations high for him. Watched him play through the World Juniors. Watched him succeed at each level. Um, he's a special player. Um. <laughs> How should people in Edmonton feel this morning? Uh, I, I had to, to laugh. Our uh, pals over on Edmonton Sports Talk ran the draft lottery simulator this morning after starting off. Well, they're going to win. I'm sure it was tongue. Yeah, no doubt. I'm sure it's tongue in cheek, but um, um, maybe we should just kind of give some credit to the Vancouver Canucks for coming out ready to go. I mean, the eight one I think was a bit of an aberration, but to follow that up with a win in Edmonton, a pretty nice way for the guys on the West Coast to start off. Much more impressed with my former roommate, Rick Tockett's effort in game two. Game <laughs> one happened. Um, game two, to, to go in with Casey, Casey DeSmith and face the onslaught they faced early for him to weather it. And, you know, everyone said, well, the worst possible thing for Vancouver was to play Edmonton in the next game because Edmonton's going to be, you know, um, come out flying. And they did. And yet to answer that is pretty significant. I don't think we know a lot about Vancouver. Uh, I do know a lot about the guy coaching them, and I have a lot of respect for the guy coaching them. But um, they're a team still with a lot of a lot of questions, I think. And what a way to start the year than to answer some of those questions. Edmonton's going to be fine, and you know they made a lot of, about the fact they didn't have Ekholm in the first game, and they got him back, but he hadn't played in a long time. And yes, to those things, they have to get their goaltending situation settled. There's, you know, they want the tandem. To be effective, that's what they want. They want Stuart Skinner to have a match in Jack Campbell. Um, that has not happened yet, but they do have two of the best players in the game, and they have a great supporting cast around them. I think they're going to be fine. And Dave, I've got to ask you about the Ottawa Senators. I mean, I see some similarities between the Jets and the way that they have been built, you know, maybe rewinding 10 years ago to the way Ottawa has drafted, signed their young players. Uh, they've got new ownership there now as well. Um we talk about vibes being high in Winnipeg. I imagine there's a real palpable sense of excitement, both within that locker room and in the market for what Ottawa might be able to do after some really lean years. 
tremendous amount of excitement with Michael Anlauer coming in with Steve Stales taking over as president with the players they have on the ice that they're able to line up. And there has been a little bit of a cloud over them without Josh Norris, who may be back this week from a health standpoint. And Shane Pinto is unsigned because of cap considerations. When they get those two things rolled out, you're playing without your number two and three centers, an impressive weekend and back-to-back wins. I was in the city last Saturday night, sold out game during the exhibition season, which always didn't happen, even with Montreal in town. And you're correct. I'm in that market quite often. And the excitement there is very significant. And, you know, they still have questions looming about building and everything else. But that's a good hockey club. I do think they make the playoffs in the East. Um, Brady Kachuk's leadership is growing in front of us. We're watching that happen. I think Timmy Stutzel is going to be a superstar. Jake Sanderson on defense. He made... We did the game last night, Andy. He might have made three or four stick plays in the last two and a half minutes that were, you just looked at and said, who was that veteran? Not a guy who's played a year. He's that good. And, you know, the addition of Jake Chickren back there is going to help immensely. I just think they're a good team. They're balanced. It's been, it's, maybe they haven't achieved what they should have in the last couple of years. Um, they're going to be fun to watch. Dave Poulin, it is great to have you back on just on the way out tomorrow. Pierre-Luc Dubois returns, and he will be the center of attention. I don't want to ask you about Dubois, though. What do you think this game is going to be like for Gabriel Velarde, Alex Iafalado, and Rasmus Kapari going up against their own teammates at home in front of their home fans with their new squad? Always strange. Uh, I remember clearly doing it the first time both at home in my new city of Boston and on the road back in the city I played in Philadelphia you got to get through the first couple of shifts. You've got to roll it out. Um, it's not easy. There, there is a lot of emotion involved. It'll be great to get it out of the way early in the year, I believe. And there's nothing better than scoring on your old team, Andrew. Pooley, uh, it is so great to have you back, and it's great to have the uh, puck dropped on another season. Be well. Enjoy the games this week, and we'll look forward to uh, catching up real soon here on WST. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Andrew. Enjoy the hockey. All right, great stuff with Pooley. Awesome to have him back on. And, uh, oh, man, it's great to have the pucks back here in Peg and uh, around the National Hockey League. Speaking of which, if you join us a little bit later, tomorrow, gang, our first night, the WST crew up in 316 and 317 for the Winnipeg Sports Talk Pack. We have added a few more seats across the aisle in Section 317. So if you've been on the fence, if you're thinking, well... You know, I can't afford a half-season ticket or quarter-season ticket. We got four of the best games tomorrow. We ramp it up for the return of PLD. Um, Three other games, Oilers in November, Leafs on a Saturday night in January, Flames in April, 375, taxes in. You get a free beer, drink, or uh, pop or water. I know there's a lot of talk in chat about tickets. Uh, Listen, we've had a great response to this. People are fired up. If you're thinking about a way that you you can uh, get in on a smaller package, this is it. And I guarantee you'll have a good time with a great crew from Winnipeg Sports Talk. The link is in the description. If you're listening on the podcast, go to winnipegsports.com. Click on that link. If you do it today, we'll uh, look forward to seeing you tomorrow at Canada Life Center. And again, we're opening it up early. You can go through the Hargrave uh, Skywalk doors. So up on the second level, up the stairs, 
Just to your left is the uh, the whiskey hangar where we'll be gathering right outside our section. We'll be there for 530. We're going to do a couple raffles, have a couple drinks before the game, and then get after it when we drop the puck just after 7 o'clock against the LA Kings. All are invited to join us. Would love to see you there. Um, Got to give a big shout-out to our friends at Vita Health Fresh Market. If you're looking for great prices on natural and organic supplements, beauty products, groceries, and Winnipeg's largest selection of local products too, get on down to Vita Health at one of six Winnipeg locations. And of course, online at myvita.ca, fully shoppable website, local delivery, same day available if you get your order in by 11 a.m. And right now, get a free gift when you place an order of $100 or more at myvita.ca. And don't forget, Health First Ashwagandha Supreme, helpful for reducing mental stress, anxiety, uh, cortisol levels, and even stress-related food cravings on sale all month at Vita Health. Vita Health, empowering people to lead healthy lives, six Winnipeg locations, and online at myvita.ca. Well, um, our friends at Wallace & Wallace have had a, crazy summer as always the fencing experts in winnipeg since 1946 what you might not know is that they're also the leader in overhead garage doors and that garage door had a lot of ups and downs this summer getting you and your family to all the fun you had this summer well the garage door is about to work a whole lot harder because winter puts much more stress on a garage door the right time to prevent downtime this winter is now Give Wallace & Wallace a call to book your inspection and maintenance service call today for residential and commercial overhead door sales and service. There's only one name or two you need to know, and that is Wallace & Wallace. And, uh, hey, big shout-out to uh, Andrew over at F Apparel. I actually got to see his dad and brother at the game. I know he was there, too. Big supporters of the Jets and uh, probably a lot of Jets wearing F Apparel suits as they rolled in for the home opener. Guys, if you're looking in your closet and realize that you need to up your menswear game or add to it, there's only one place to go, and that is F Apparel. Amazing prices, including custom suits beginning at just 400 bucks, along with chinos, golf pants, custom shirts, both tucked and untucked styles, and an incredible selection of menswear accessories. And hey, if you are getting married or you're uh, in a wedding party, Talk to the gang at F about a 15% discount for the entire wedding party when you get your suits for the big day at F Apparel. And you'll be able to look good and wear those suckers long beyond the big day as well. F Apparel is at 190 Smith Street. You can make an appointment at F, that's E-P-H, apparel.com, and check them out online. All right, let's bring in our pal Jeff Hamilton from the Winnipeg Free Press. We'll get to the Bombers in a few minutes and, of course, talk about the big first week for the Jets. Hammer, what's up? How was your weekend? Us, it was awesome as as weekends have been for the last few. As we nest, as we get closer to winter, I'm not overly looking forward to that. So trying to take uh, advantage of the the weather, which we it's were nice just talking outside. about Saturday, was just awesome. So yeah, overall, just a, a good weekend, man. Glad to be here with you. Yeah, um, you know, let's get to it. I mean, I, I have to admit, obviously, fun, fun afternoon, exciting game lots of goals great performance by the club and really two real strong games uh you know out of the gate but overall um you know when you think about where the team and the organization's been for the last couple years now that we've got away from last monday with the you know crazy announcement that hellebuck and shifley were both back with identical with identical deals pretty 
big week overall, big seven days for the organization. Um, you know, starting with that, and then the performance of the team on the ice. Obviously, you would have loved to have had a better result in Calgary, but um, I'd have to say this is one of the best weeks this team and organizations had, I think, in a long time. Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't think that. I mean, I, I think you got to preface that by saying there's been a lot of not so great weeks before that. So it's not like this one is some kind of, you know, crazy, you know, unbelievable week. I mean, you, you mentioned that the team's still one and one, um, but locking up. Two, it was an unbelievable you know, start corners. to the week. I, I still maintain that. I mean, I still a week later, um, it is still sinking in about what they were able to pull off. Um, you know, and I mean, this. listen, we talked about it last week. There's so many tentacles to it, but in a lot of ways, that set the tone, I think, moving forward. And then the team on the ice, shift by shift, I think, has backed up a lot of the hopes of the organization with some really, really strong play on the ice. Yeah, thank you for clarifying that first. So, I, I, and so no, I agree with you. I mean, if you look at if you look at Mark Shifley, I mean, I think a lot of people after the news that he had signed his his you know his his extension was how how was he going to react how were they going to react well i think we got our answer and mark shifley i mean i i mean i thought the idea that he would somehow mail it in because he was in the you know he signed his contract was ludicrous but he certainly is has played great this week there's lots of stuff to like if you're a jets fan that go beyond the you know the one in one record mark shifley's finding the back of the net in his first two games kyle connor's doing what he does best he's finding the back of the net uh five points including three goals um, you know, a, a good win, a good fun win. And I hear that, I've heard that word a lot um, about that Florida victory. Just, it was a fun style of hockey. Now things kind of broke down near the end there, but it was just, you, you can kind of tell a little bit. Um, well, I'm not going to say that we've seen an identity with this team because it's still far too early to suggest, you know, what that might be. You can start seeing the workings of this group, right? It seems like, you know, on paper, they looked like a more complete team. They look like a deeper team. Well, on the ice, you know, again, small sample size, two games, but they look like a deeper team. You know, you're getting contributions up and down the lineup. I thought that, you know, even in the Calgary game, right, not the right result, but, if, you know, you can't really knock them for, for how they played. Um, again, you know, you, you can't give them a free pass either. You need to finish those games. But um, certainly through this week after signing, you know, after making big news and signing two guys that, you know, we don't have to rehash it. But the point being is that we were not talking about this for weeks, if not months, um, you know, the, the status of these two guys' contracts. With those now in the rearview mirror and, and the focus being, you know, primarily on the game and hockey, uh, you know, I think, you, you know, I think you're bang on. I think this is a banner week uh, for the Jets um, and hopefully more for them, you know, for their fans and for them, you know, this season as, uh, as we see this team, this new era team, if you will, uh, come into fruition. Well, and it's funny you mentioned new era because it, it really feels like, this is the start of a new chapter for Shifley in particular. And listen, as long as he's on this team and playing number one center, Mark Shifley was going to be uh, a very, very important key, if not one of the most important forwards that they have up front. Um, I think that when we think about the last couple seasons, the ups and downs that he had, uh, and I think, you know, about, you know, the way the last couple seasons ended, um, you know, there was justifiably a lot of questions as to where where his head was at um, when it came to his future, uh, when it came to being here. And 
you know, he came into camp saying all the right things, but I think, you know, until there was some sort of clarity with his situation one way or the other, we, um, you know, the, the, the jury was going to be out. But when you look at what Mark has done, both just his general, I don't want to say attitude, but, you know, the way that he has had a smile on his face, has been doing all those things, his reaction to signing the contract, and then the way that he's played in these first two games, it does sort of feel like he is writing the start of a new chapter. And, hey, I mean, if he ends up playing his entire career with the Winnipeg Jets, there'll be a number of periods in it. Um but I kind of really feel like he's closed the door on the last couple of seasons. He's started a new Jeff. And now with this new contract, with knowing, you know, clarity on where he's going to be, how much he's going to be making, um, he seems to be in as good of a place as he's been, I, 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 honestly, since 2018. I'd argue the start of 2022-23, Huss, because if you remember the first half of last season, it was great. Mark was enjoying it mark was being viewed as a 200 foot player that his re you know his commitment to defense had had returned with the arrival of, of rick bonus rick bonus's approach and and you know telling it how it is and whatnot was refreshing so i don't use that to to stop you know the momentum from from what you're building with un, under mark shifley because i do agree i think it's very clear that there would you know there would have been some concerns like any player not limited to just mark shifley of what your future looks like when you don't have a contract for it you know where are you going to be does the team that you've you know put all your hard work into over the last you know decade is is that you know do they want you do they do they want you to stick around are you part of their plan so there's a, i imagine there was a lot going through mark shifley's head so to put you know to sign pen to paper to put that behind them to know where you're going to be next year and for the foreseeable future and ult- and ultimately your entire career um if it works out uh most likely you know with this term being seven years you know that's gotta that's gotta be a, a massive weight off your shoulders so i'm not surprised playing freely uh that is what mark shifley is doing you know i mean the gordie howe hat trick which i thought was interesting from mike mcintyre's piece that he's actually tied with gordie howe now for for the total number of of gordie howe maybe it's a mark shifley hat trick yeah one more and i think i think it's a mark (laughs) shifley hat trick but you know and i'm not trying to rate on the parade here but everything is great at the start of the year i mean look at the fans they're all excited and rightfully should be every single team is excited and we talked off air. I mean, how funny is is the narrative with sports teams and fans in general? Like, I can attest to this as a writer. I'm you sit there in front of that game, lap, you know, on Saturday, and if you if 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 Matt, Matthew Kachuk scores on that goal, and somehow the Panthers are able to win that game, we're not talking about how great Mark Shifley's playing. We're not and about how he stood up to Matthew Kachuk and and fought. We're not talking about. Uh, Adam Lowry and that heroic effort by by Josh Morrissey, who probably has an equipment manager job in his future if he wants it, uh, on 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 that goal. You know, we're not talking about how fun that game was, right? And that my point again is not to introduce a negative, and it's certainly not to to deny that Mark Shifley is p- playing free hockey and he, and he's looking really good, and that commitment was is there. That commitment was there last year. What I'm interested with Mark Shifley is when when the SHIT ultimately hits the fan and, and then what happens. I'm not, and it's not limited to Mark Shifley, it's the team. But for now, given the way this team's trending, this given the start of the season where we're at, I'll take a I'll take some of my own advice in the writing part and just 
enjoy some of the ride here. We have a team that looks committed. We have a team that looks fun. We have a team that looks ready to compete. And I think they have, particularly on forward, a deeper group now where if they can, you know, continue to build that chemistry, this could be a really dangerous looking club. And uh, again, I mean, we won't have any of the answers for weeks and months until the end of the season. So, um, but to, to what we've seen so far, I don't think you can complain. And why would anybody at this point, um, you know, they got some tough teams coming up here. And I think the other thing too is, and what I, and again, like, not to, you know, I know people are going to roll their eyes and go, not to mention a negative, but there is one like Aaron Ekblad didn't play and neither did Montour, you know? And, and so like, those are two good players. And, and, um, just it did not look like the team that made it to the Stanley Cup finals last year. I mean, that's te- that's a testament to the Jets and not letting them look that way. But I guess I'm I guess I'm a little bit more not cautiously optimistic, if you will. I just I don't I don't, you know, quite understand. I don't ride that roller coaster wave of of with every loss and win. So at this point, I see a pretty good team that's playing committed hockey. Let's see if they can keep this going, because last time I checked, you don't award the Stanley Cup after the first week. No, definitely. Uh, or the president's trophy. But um, shout out to Jay Fresh, who, of course, had the Jets winning it and said that his model was broken. And then you look at two games in and, um, you know, by every metric, the Jets are number one in the league. Um, listen, it was, it's been a nice start. And, and here's the thing. Um, they're still one and one. I mean, they lost one of these two games. So, I mean, there is a variance that goes on from game to game. But I will say this, Jeff. Um, and we can sort of get into the game on Saturday a little bit more from this. All of the conversation about the depth of this team has been on display in a big way. I think Ayafalo playing with Adam Lowry has taken that line to a level that I think that makes them better defensively and certainly gives them a little bit more pop offensively. And ironically, it was Mason Appleton who you know, I would say as the third of three guys on that line that ended up being the beneficiary of that great play with J-Mo from the bench to Lowry to him for what ended up being the winning goal. But the ability to play that third line consistently and the fourth line as well, I mean, to be honest, maybe one of the most revelatory things that we've seen so far is this Rasmus Kapari. And playing with a guy like Morgan Barron, who I think is capable of playing higher in the lineup, Nemetsnikov, just the same, capable of playing higher in the lineup. Like, if your first line's going the way they're at right now, you get some contributions from a, a second line, which I think is still more of a work in progress with with Cole Perfetti. Like, good teams have four good lines. That really hasn't been the case in a long time. And I certainly will make the argument that at least on paper in three, two games, the bottom half of that Jet Top 12 is as good as we've seen in forever around here. And that is going to allow Rick Bonus many other options i think that that maybe weren't there in uh, in the past and certainly what good teams do and that's play all their players on a consistent basis certainly and I'll, and i'll bite i'll think too far into the future here what about adding players you know what if what if you know this continues and you add players i mean that's that's a pretty good third line i think mason appleton you know obviously congratulations on finishing off that play i mean making it if you don't score there not many people are discussing that or writing you know stories about that goal of course um but i mean he, that's his job he needs to finish on that line i think there's a decent amount of pressure on mason oh, Appleton for that third line there is, Jeff. i think he's the first guy that when you're looking at guys like morgan Barron there and and again like you know 
um, there's going to be probably additions, assuming that these guys can stay healthy around and, you know, they're in a playoff position. You're going to be adding players. And so, I, I mean, it, 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 it bodes well for him to, uh, to finish off that play because once that line stops, you know, go, if they, if they go on any kind of lull, like they did it, you know, last season, I don't think they're going to, you know, Rick Bonus is going to be quick to make some changes because he's got, as you mentioned, more depth at forward than he's, than he, than he had last season. Um, I did want to say one thing about Kapari. I thought, I thought he was buzzing against, uh, you know, I thought he had a ton of energy. I thought he, you know, I, I think he came as advertised, you know, especially after perhaps a bit of a tough game, um, that first game against the Flames, particularly on that, uh, you know, eventually the game-winning goal there. Um, my, you know, I thought was interesting too, and I thought we got a, a, a little snippet, if you will, of Adam Lowry's leadership in the locker room. Um, I guess they've added a new jacket, uh, one that signifies an unsung hero, a guy who does things that, you know, obviously, you know, it maybe isn't getting much, as much ice and whatever the unsung, like the, the, the unsung hero and, and Adam Lowry got that last game and he gave it to Kapari this game. And I think that's the captain recognizing that maybe this guy who's new to, you know, new to a dressing room is kind of of the three Kings that came over, not kind of, is certainly, you know, probably has the least amount of attention attached to his name and, and whatnot. And I think Adam Lowry recognized maybe a tough outing in game one, but a solid performance in game two. And I thought presenting him with the, with that jacket after the game uh, spoke volumes about number 17 and the leadership that he's going to bring to this team. But uh, anyway, to your original point is that's what, that's what you need. I mean, we've been talking about this for years and years that if you're going to have a championship caliber team and you mentioned this fourth line, um, and, and, you know, what we've seen in Winnipeg, well, last time this team had a quality fourth line was in that playoff run in 2018, and Brian Little was centering it. Um, you know, I don't, I think that fourth line might even been better than this fourth line, but we haven't seen this fourth line long enough. But I will say this, and you already said it, Haas, is that if you can have a fourth line clicking, if you can have a third line scoring, well, then it takes a ton of pressure off those two lines, those top two lines. Both those lines know that they they need to score. They know that they're you know they that they can't go games without scoring goals. Um, but that pressure uh, can certainly be eased a bit, and and chipping in other ways, right? Because when you have a third line that can score goals or a fourth line that chips in goals here or there, well, then that taking that pressure off the top two lines you know, of having to score goals allows them to play a 200 foot game, maybe more defensively responsible. So they're not cheating for offense. I'm not excusing cheating for offense in the top two lines based on an ineffectiveness of scoring in your bottom two, but that's just a natural occurrence. So there's lots of things that get fixed when you, when you have, you know, a, a, a forward groupings that you can trust through and through. And I think you've heard this so many times from Rick bonus last year, and we certainly saw it. I thought against, against Florida and even against, Calgary as well was that when they don't have the puck all four lines know look the same they know what they're doing they're hard on the puck and I think that's what made it that's what's made it such an enjoyable brand if you will to watch is that that commitment leads to more offense and so when everyone's playing within the system when everyone's doing their job and especially when everyone's chipping in in areas that they're not necessarily expected to chip in it creates that atmosphere that feeling that flow if you will for a team and I think we saw a large chunk of that against Florida when you have those lines going the way they were you know what I'm glad you brought up Lowry um and again this is early in his captaincy um but and and I'm wondering like how long does it really take to 
affect your room, affect the culture of the team. And listen, part of it is obviously I just saw a, a, a chat. I think it was from uh, Ishaboy Bruce in the chat that Captain Lows is night and day from Captain Wheels. And this isn't about dumping on Blake. But with everything that's happened over the last week with the guys committing to the team and signing those those extensions, but with Adam Lowry being the leader, and Lowry always was the guy that even under Blake's captaincy, if you talk to people behind the scenes, seemed to be the guy that was the bridge between some of the younger players, newer players, less established players, and the core, if you will. Um, and I think we're already seeing in just the way the players are sounding, the way they seem together. Um, in your opinion, Jeff, how impactful can Adam Lowry be? Not the center that's out there for whatever, 16 minutes a night, but it, the captain, the leader, for the things in your opinion that they needed to do as a culture to get back to a team that, you know, kind of, is what they said they were for the last couple of years, a team that loves each other and it plays really hard and is all together that I don't think really was the case and where they want to be, which is all of that coming true. Yeah. I mean, I think with Adam Lowry, what you see is what you get. And it was the same case with Blake Wheeler. There were some days where Blake Wheeler was, you know, very engaging, very articulate, very empathetic. And then there were days where he was just a jerk. Um, and then there's, you know, Adam Lowry, what you see is what you get. He's consistent every single day. He's been consistent with media every single day. He's consistent with his teammates every single day. And that rubs off on players. And, and you know, they're, as much as you want to say, you know, a team is everyone's, you know, a band of brothers and they go to war together each night, that's, well, they're, you know, certainly true in some cases. It's not really true necessarily off the ice. I mean, tell me a workplace, a single workplace where everybody kind of gets along and I'll call you a liar because it just doesn't really exist. And so having a guy with Adam Lowry who brings that level of consistency, who brings that, you know, who he is every single day to the rink and is in charge of making decisions with, you know, under that guys every single day. I mean, I think it's, I think it's going to be a massive piece to this puzzle and it's going to be a piece that, I don't think players quite understand until they experience it. And that was the thing with, you know, with Blake and, and especially la at the end of last season, all these players, you know, recommitting their commitment to, to Blake Wheeler, how he was the captain and whatever. That's because none of these guys know any better. None of these guys have any other examples. And like, you look at guys like Nate Schmidt and Brendan Dillon and other guys in and around the league who have been with other teams and they have seen it before. I'm not saying those guys were dumping on Blake Wheeler, or anything, but I think you look at a lot of guys that just again just don't know any better. And I think while it wasn't like this abusive, toxic workplace I'm trying to sell, it probably wasn't the greatest place to be for long stretches of time. I mean, as reporters, you could feel it going into the room, it's tense. And I think when 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 things get rough, when things aren't going to plan, you need somebody to calm the ship, to be calm in the chaos. And I think that's what an Adam Lowry brings to the table. And because he's, you know over the last whatever X amount of years he's been been with this franchise really from not quite the beginning, but for a long time now, he's developed those relationships with players. He's developed that trust that when he goes to somebody and, and needs to deal with some of the inner room politics, that it's not being, you know, mistrusted or, you know, I think there's a lot of confidence that comes with that. And so I, I, I really do believe that at the end of the season, we're never going to hear about it. No one's going to talk about it because why do we need to talk about Blake Wheeler anymore? 
Um, I think there's going to be a massive, significant change by season's end. And I think it's going to, and it starts with just, again, bringing that consistent attitude and, and work ethic and all those things. Cause Blake, I don't think anyone had a better work ethic than Blake Wheeler. I think no one could, you know, definitely no one could criticize him for that. But when, for it, sure. but when, when it comes to being, you know, the guy that's approachable, the guy that if you have an issue with that, you need to bring it to your captain. I think Adam Lowry, because of who he is, because of the way he, you know, presents himself and acts that that's going to be a massive, significant piece in behind the scenes, not to mention his commitment on the ice too. So I think guys at the end of this year are going to, are definitely going to see the difference if they don't already see it now. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess my perspective on this is that Blake, uh, listen, I think there was a little bit of a class system in the Jets dressing room for a long time. And I think Adam Lowry is a guy, you know, both with the role that he plays on the team, and as a leader, and as a guy that's been here for a long time, that obviously has strong relationships with everyone, is one that can really establish a culture of we are all in this together. Everyone is important. And um, you know what? No guys, you know, with, while you might have a different role in the club, you're all part of the team. And, um, and I think that bodes well to get the best out of players every day in practice, to uh, create those relationships off the ice that hopefully turn into a team that is a lot more together on the ice and gets uh, get some better results. I'll say this too, Huss. Why, 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 don't we, why don't we just call it what it is? We also don't have a guy that the team has to cater to every single day and convince him that he's a top six forward. Look, what, look what's going on in the Big Apple right now. Yeah, that didn't take long, huh? That didn't take very long to play him where you were going to play him. So as much as you like, like – so what – like think about that for a second. How many guys wanted to climb up the lineup on that team and felt they deserved more or whatever? I mean, that to me, like, that's it right there. I mean, that, I think that going away, that expectation where, you know, like, I guess, you know, whatever, let's move on from it. But I do think that this is going to be a massive, significant change. And I think better days are ahead for that. And I think that the team will be better prepared to deal with some of the hurricanes that inevitably come in a, in a hockey season. And that will certainly come for the Winnipeg Jets this year. Um, let's get to, I want to talk bombers for a bit, but before we get there tomorrow night, Dubois back, the LA Kings are in town. Uh, the three former Kings are going to be taken to the ice against their old teammates in their new unis, uh, at home. What do you expect tomorrow? I mean, first of all, from the welcome back, if you want to call it to Dubois, but also the significance of this game to three new guys that haven't been here long that I'm sure every single guy in that room is going to know means a little bit more than just another game on the calendar. Yeah. The emotion is going to be ramped up because, you know, I, I mean, I don't care who you are, what player you are. If you get traded and I mean, by all stories and reports and whatnot, I follow, um, I follow and Velarde were both very much wanting to be LA Kings. Um, I think it was a shock that they got traded. I think they saw themselves in LA for quite some time. Um, so while I'm certainly, they have fond memories there, there's going to be that emotion that comes in with, you know, proving the team that traded you wrong. Um, so there's going to be a lot of emotion there. I imagine there's going to be a lot of emotion in the stands you know, with Pierre-Luc Dubois, not a lot of people in this city get out unscathed when they ask for a trade or don't want to be here anymore. So you know the crowd's going to be jacked up. Um, and then, of course, there's Pierre-Luc Dubois. I'm sure he's going to be motivated 
Um, you know, not to show the Jets what they're what they lost, of course, because the Jets, you know, by all reports as well, wanted to him to be a Jet for a very long time. So I think it's going to just be an emotionally charged game and just another thing to add momentum. But again, too, if you look at the way the Kings played last year and, and this season, and you look at the Winnipeg Jets and how they performed over the last two games, I expect a fast, fun hockey game. This is two solid, quick teams. Um, this is so I'm I'm expecting a great hockey game and that emotional charge that will surely be in those three King players, former King players and Pierre-Luc Dubois is just gonna add to that. So I'm I think it's gonna be an exciting game for fans. And we know the Kings are a good team. We know the Jets could be a good team. So let's see two good teams go at it. Um, Hammer, before we go, let's hit the bombers. They still have some work to do. They have to win one of their final two games. No better time than the present, Saturday against Edmonton. Um, when you think about the Bombers, knowing what is ahead, the playoffs and all likelihood, a spot at home in the West final, how do you think they handle these final? Well, I was going to say the final two games, but let's focus in on Edmonton. Is it all systems go, full lineup, win this football game, and then gives you some options to figure out what you want to do against Calgary? Yeah, I think if you're the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, you're controlling your own fate. You're not expecting the BC Lions to lose one of their last two games. Um, and you do not want to leave it to a last game. Because, I mean, there's there's so much, obviously, on the line this next week. Especially with the Blue Bombers coming off a bye week. You know, I mean, assuming they're, you know, good health-wise, by all, from all reports and everything I've figured out, they're, they're healthy. Even, you know, even Dalton Schoen, I guess we need to figure out what exactly his situation is. Um, but I, I think he's probably fine too. Um, you know, there's lots to play for here. You win, you win against Edmonton, who I'm, I'm going to be interested to see how Edmonton comes out. Now they're officially eliminated from, from playoffs. That took a while, eh? Um, you know, I, I think this is what you just got to get the business done. You, you know, so I, I'm expecting all hands on deck, uh, an incredible, you know, Incredibly important game, which should be a good performance from them. Fresh off the bye, we know how successful this team. I think they're twelve and one, dating back, you know, a few years now. Uh, you know, after a bye week, so you know, I think it's just wrap this up and then, and then it's kind of, you know, it's weird, right? It's kind of, I want to say status quo because you know we have seen the Bombers in, in the last two seasons book with about a, a month remaining, so it's been more than just that one game. But I think the Bombers probably will treat that game much different that second that last game sorry against Calgary much differently um if they obviously win against Edmonton I could see starters starting just to kind of get that you know you don't want to go two weeks maybe right so we always saw that in previous years where they would take that second last game off and then they'd play that final regular season game because you know they have that obviously that bye week that first round in the playoffs so you know you can do that so I'd, I'd imagine if you know assuming they can clear things up here against against the Elks this week that they go into that final regular season game obviously haven't clinched the West and treat it you know, much like they have in, in, in previous years, where, you know, rest, get guys in there, let them see what they need and then get them out and, and, uh, and get ready for what, uh, for the football that really matters. And of course that being the West final and the, a trip to the great cup, a four straight for the bombers on the line. Yeah, no doubt about it. Hey, shout out to MC stormy with the smash the like button reminder. We got 500 in here and we got a 150 folks. If you'd be so kind, just hit that thumbs up, help us spread the channel. It's literally the easiest and simplest thing you can if you do. you feel better, add it to your to-do list today, do it, and then knock it off your to-do list. Don't let anyone tell you, don't let anyone let you know you didn't nail some things off your to-do list. Today. Exactly. Um, 
Hammer, uh, and you know what? Saturday is going to be real fun. Uh, it's a 6 o'clock start down at IG Field. Fans can go there, hopefully watch the Bombers put a bow on the Western Division again, and then uh, get out to your favorite watering hole and uh, watch the Jets go at it with the Edmonton Oilers at 9 p.m. Um, before we break, though, I, I just quickly want to ask you, CFL, <laughs> are the Riders going to miss the playoffs? What is going on there? And is it a fait accompli that everybody in charge there is going to be uh, at the EI office uh, shortly after the end of the season? Shortly after the end of the season, it should be now. Like, I just, I, I think, yeah, I mean, are they going to make the playoffs? Who knows? I mean, what's that, five, six straight losses in a row now? I mean, that and was an ugly, losses. That was like an ugly game, man. That was an ugly game. It didn't look like Calgary wanted to win either. Like, it just... It just looks like the bottom of the West is just ugly right now. And so I don't have an answer to your question, Huss, of course, because if I did, I would be holding it close to my vest and be betting my life savings on it so I could, uh, you know, not, try not to jinx it or something. But I just can't see this team finding momentum. Craig Dickinson's days are extremely numbered. I mean, if you listen to him, I don't know if it was after the post game or after the game or if it was the next day. Yeah, it must have been after the game. But just like getting guys up, you know, and he's him saying it being a difficult one to get up. I mean, that locker room's broken. There's only so much a coach can do. You need coaches are important, particularly in football, to motivate and to get the best out of your players. But if the players just aren't willing to do it, and that seems to be the case in Saskatchewan, there's clearly a a, clearly an issue with Jeremy O'Day and, and identifying leaders in a locker room. And while you might have leaders in that locker room, they clearly aren't, you know, they clearly do not have the voices and, uh, you know, to get the rest of the team pulling in the same direction. It's just ugly. And I don't even like the excuse about losing their starting quarterback because Trevor Harris, while, you know, while he was, you know, certainly obviously has, has more recognition and experience, vastly more experience in this league than a, than a Jake Dolagala. Like it wasn't like they were rolling with them before and, and at the end of the day, that you just need a over, you need to pretty much tear that thing down to the studs and 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 rebuild because you know apathy is starting to to sink in in one of the you know one of the best best uh, you know fan bases and provinces that you know in the three down game and to see just the way this thing's trending, they're worse than last year, and that's saying something. I mean, they lost what their last seven games last season to to bow out of the playoffs. I mean, that's why I say change things now because the best case scenario in, you know is that they back into the playoffs and Calgary can't beat Toronto uh, in their last game and then and then of course you know they get a first round exit I think you know I still don't think that they're destined for much more than that uh, but it just seems like you know lighting the fire under some of these guys butts get a new coach in there or whatever tell them these guys are playing for their jobs because at this point there's just no answers there and I've, it's become a weekly ritual for me I've been I've been checking in Jamie Nye's uh, CJME radio station post game and it's the just hilarious shows. to hear some of the callers coming calling in and you know most of them are not from the <laughs> in around Regina so they're either driving on their way out um, you know and just getting some things off their chest it's pure it's comic relief uh, for for rider fans, I imagine because it's just there's not been a lot to smile about this year, and um, yeah, absolutely, some big changes are coming. Well, someone's getting their ass kicked in BC on November fourth, and it might not be the riders if they don't get it done. And I think Panks just said in chat the stat: the riders haven't won a game after Labor Day in the past two seasons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh exactly. It's just it's like yeah, they ended with like a seven game losing streak last year, and it was just you know. 
it was just bananas and it, it hasn't changed and it hasn't gotten better. And, and just all the things you can point to is particularly in the last, you know, ever since labor, ever since labor day, when they beat the bombers, uh, you know, not getting up for the, you know, for that game where they honored George Reed and the, and the 2013 yeah. gray cop. It's just like, there's just, there's so many things you can point to. And, you know, I mentioned on the show weeks ago, like the buzz out of Regina is that Craig Reynolds, the president, it you know might have some other plan to move on somewhere i mean i i hate to speculate that but you hear it enough and you wonder well what's taking you so long to make a move are you just not prepared are you not ready like are you not watching the same post game press conferences that everybody else is it's just it's painful and it's turning into cringe um, and the unfortunate part is it's translated to apathy for the fan base. And so, um, you know, while I hate boring our fan or our, our, your listeners um, with uh, with with news about Regina, it's hard to ignore when you see our see our neighbors to the West, uh, you know, collapse in the way they are. Yeah, it's it's a it's a long, a far cry from when they beat BC and the Bombers in back to back weeks. And since then have looked as lifeless as any team in the CFL. What uh, what's cooking for you in the Freep this week? Uh, back on Bombers this week, obviously uh, some business to take care of as we just touched on and uh, my CFL rundown call I'm out Wednesday, uh, just yeah, right back into the beat and, and getting things going, obviously keeping an eye on the Jets and just uh, trying to enjoy as much fall as we possibly get here because you know, you know, the sun's going to stick around but the, uh, the snow's coming and it's probably not going to be that much longer until we're, we're complaining about that. Have a great one tonight, Hammer. Enjoy the Monday nighter. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for doing this. You too, my man. Thanks so much. At Jeff K. Hamilton on Twitter. And, of course, read all of his work this week covering the Winnipeg Blue Bombers as they uh, look to wrap up the West in the pages of the Winnipeg Free Press. We've still got more to get to, our goal song discussion. And we've got Bones coming up. He spoke after practice. We'll have that for you right away. Uh, First off, though, all of our Bomber reports brought to you by Princess Auto, proud sponsors of the Blue and Gold and Winnipeg Sports Talk. And Princess Autos is where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new at Princess Auto. Pop by and see them at one of two Winnipeg locations, Panet Road, Portage Avenue West, or shop online 24-7-365 at princessauto.com. And don't forget, 4 p.m., the gates open for the Princess Auto tailgate party before the final home regular season game for the Bombers Saturday at IG Field. Um, shout out to the gang down at Consolidated Supply. A little bit of nice October. I'm sure they're managing to uh, finish up a few more jobs uh, right now before things get cold. Of course, Consolidated Supply are the leaders in irrigation systems, artificial turf, both indoor and outdoor, and Golf Carts is the exclusive club car dealer in Manitoba. But they've also got some other great options for your property Something that might go well this winter, of course, being a hot tub. An amazing outdoor kitchen options as well. And, of course, they're also the leader in small engine parts and repair. Consolidated Supply has so much for you, your property, and your business. Pop down and see them at their showroom. Open to the public, 1395 Niaqua Road East. Or find out more online at cte.ca. Um, our friends at Royal Sports are ready for another big week for the Winnipeg Jets, but are you? Especially if you're coming with us tomorrow. Hopefully everyone will be throw the jerseys on. If you need a new one, why don't you get down to Royal right now? Maybe a 13 Velarde, a 9 I follow. I know there's some big fans of number 15, Rasmus Kapari, after his first two games of the Winnipeg Jets. Bottom line is, 
If you're looking for new Jets merch, get on down to Royal Sports, the biggest selection in town. Thousands of pieces of Winnipeg Jets merchandise, not to mention a great bomber section to get you ready for Saturday and the Grey Cup playoffs. Uh, They've also got tons of NFL gear for you and your favorite team. However, they're doing through six weeks of the schedule. International soccer and hockey season is here. And 12 months a year, Royal is the original hockey superstore for players of all skill levels and ages. It's all there waiting for you. Royal Sports, 750 Pemina Highway. And give them a follow on Instagram as well, at Royal Sports Pemina, for the latest merchandise drops and sale information. And uh, just mention that Monday nighter. Got a beauty tonight. Cowboys and Chargers. Cowboys, one and a half point road favorites at SoFi against the Chargers. And hey, no better place to watch than your local Boston pizza. I think I'll be getting together with the fellas to watch this one tonight at my local BP. Uh, We've got some great prizes to be won each and every Monday night. But the real stars of the show, in addition to the game on the big screens with amazing sound, is those ice-cold schooners, gourmet Boston wings, and, uh, of course, the amazing pizzas they've got for you, not to mention everything from the BP feature menu. Chargers and Cowboys tonight, Jets tomorrow and Thursday. It's always a great time to pop by and meet up with your friends for the game at your local Boston pizza. Um, all right, great stuff with Hammer. Now, we uh, we do have some Rick Bonus. Uh, uh, Bones uh, spoke after practice, Remo, I understand. Yeah, big practice today, Hus. Big game tomorrow. Revenge game, both sides. PLD on the Jets' <laughs> revenge. I follow Velarde. Uh, Kupari revenge. A lot of people asking, are the Kings in Winnipeg? They practice in L.A. today. Are going to fly in, and I guess later today, and they'll be ready tomorrow. I'm sure tomorrow the morning skate, big scrum around PLD. Oh, he for did sure. He did get ready. Did the nice sit down with Murat. We'll have Murat on on Wednesday. Uh, PLD trying to clear the air about why uh, you know his reasons for not wanting to sign long term in Winnipeg and Columbus. But uh, that was the big talk today, uh, L.A. coming in tomorrow, and, of course, the great uh, weekend that they had. Well, let's uh, hear what Bones had to say. Um, and this is, of course, looking ahead to tomorrow's game against the Los Angeles Kings. I'm, uh, Bones, I'm sure, has been digging through the tape uh, early on in the season. Uh, Bones was asked about the Jet style of play versus what they're going to see from Los Angeles tomorrow. Yeah, we're we're more aggressive in the neutral zone. We're more aggressive pursuing the puck all over the ice. So, uh, yeah, LA plays the one-three-one in the in, in the neutral zone. So there's a lot of unnecessary standing around. But there's a you know where you're supposed to go. Uh, we're we're trying to pressure the puck a little bit more. And even coming into this D zone from there, it's a little bit a different read for them as well. So we don't expect them to pick it up overnight, and it, it'll take a while. But so far, their adjustments have been very smooth for us. All right, so there's Bones on the uh, style of the two team, two teams. Now, uh, a very familiar face will be wearing number 80 for the visitors tomorrow. That is Pierre-Luc Dubois, and uh, Bones talked about uh, welcoming back PLD tomorrow night as well. 
Oh, he'll have a strong game, I'm sure. He's, listen, he's a very good player. He is. He's an excellent hockey player. He's a big, strong guy that can move, so I'm expecting a very strong game from him. How would you describe your interactions and relationship with him? I have no problem with Tooby. Uh, I talked to him an awful lot, spent a lot of time with him. I was trying to convince him to stay. <laughs> that wasn't going to happen no matter what, so you know, I have no problem with Tooby at all. We had, I think we had a very good rapport. One of the things that you've said a few times is it's great that everybody who's here wants to be here. Um, he was no longer here. How does he specifically play into this message that you've really been reinforcing? Well, again, he made uh, he made it no secret that he wasn't going to sign a long-term deal here. I mean, he comes out and says that, then he just didn't want to be here. He was going to move on uh, when he could. So that's that's his choice, right? That, that's uh, didn't want to be here, didn't want to be here. So um, it's it worked out well for him, and it's worked out really well for us. So we're happy. All right, so there's Bones. That was interesting, Reem. And, you know, he uh, and Bones, you know, sort of matter-of-factly said, hey, he was made it clear he wasn't signing here long-term. And, uh, you know, when you know that, you move forward on it. But I think what Bones has been reinforcing throughout training camp and early on in the season is that he does have a group that is all in, that is committed to the rest of the team, committed to the organization and the city, and... It certainly feels like the team's in a much better place. Not hanging that on Dubois by any means, but um, having him gone, have the, having the new guys here. Yeah, and I don't know if you saw um, Runway. They showed it during intermission on the Game House. They have the full version at the Winnipeg Jets YouTube channel, but it showed the pre- or pre-training or pre camp team meeting all gathered at a restaurant, everyone there. And the message, you know, you really saw the message from Bones that, um, you know, believe in their team, believe in the city. Uh, they think they have a good team that can go far in the playoffs. And, you know, Pierre-Luc Dubois, I think he was, we're going to be talking about him a lot the next couple of days. It is kind of nice this is early on, so we can get this out of the way. But, um, you know, it was pretty clear that he, it was clear that he did not want to sign here long-term. And I don't know if it affected them or not, but we did see last season after a great start, you know, they go to Montreal, he opens his charity there, faces so many questions. After that, the team really went, I don't know if it's, Correlated or not, but it's certainly a coincidence that after they went to Montreal and the questions came up again, uh, the team took a bit of a, a nosedive. So, uh, look, it seems like everyone's committed. I, I like the message that he's spreading. I would recommend checking out uh, Runway. That's a really cool behind-the-scenes look that maybe we haven't had in past seasons. And I know Sarah and the gang at Winnipeg Jets are going to be uh, putting out longer episodes. So you did only see a snippet in pregame. Here, actually, they're using a lot of clips of this show. So, hi. Hi, Sarah and Winnipeg Jets. Uh, thank you for uh, prom- promoting us in that. But, um, yeah, I-, I like the message that Bone says. It seems like everyone's everyone's committed. And, look, you've seen teams like, see, like Seattle last year where it's by committee, everyone on the same page, and it seemed to be working for the Jets. And it's two, let's be real, it's like two-game sample size. So we're here to overreact to two games. Yeah, well, I, I mean, listen, it's um, like the – the play on the ice is one thing, and that's something that can change. It can go up and down throughout the season, and will. I mean, it happens to every team. But when you're talking about things like, um, you know, having clarity on Hellebuck and Shifley um, and not having a guy that basically has one foot out the door on the club, that's a good thing. Um, and listen, we'll talk about this today and tomorrow. We'll welcome back Dubois in a very Winnipeg way, I'm sure. Um, and then we'll move on.
probably being very thankful that the Jets and Kevin Cheveldayoff were able to make the trade that they did because Gabriel Velarde, Alex Iafalo, and Rasmus Kapari, I think, are going to be very, very good players for the Winnipeg Jets. And uh, Bones talked briefly about the return from the Dubois trade and those three new members of the club. Well, there's three plus the second round pick. Yeah. So if you're looking down the road, um, yeah, the, listen, all three of these three players are really good players. And they all fit in very, very well. Uh, I see a big upside with Rasmus. Um, I can see why he's the first round pick, big, strong kid. So I think there's more there. Alex fits in whatever role you ask him to do. He's doing a great job on the bumper on the power play. And he's doing a great job playing with Adam and Apple. And then obviously Gabe is fitting great with, with Mark and Casey. So we're uh, there's only upside for all those three guys. And when we get that second round pick in here, it's a, it was a great trade by Chevy. Yeah. Well, um, that all of those players will be uh, under the spotlight tomorrow when the jets and Kings go at it up. Let's hear from a couple of those. Gabriel Velarde uh, was asked earlier today after practice about uh, how he's feeling and, uh, you know, looking forward to playing his old teammates tomorrow night. That'll oh, be weird, but uh, once they get out there, it's just hockey. So, yeah, I think so. Expect uh, a certain kind of reception from the old teammates, or how do you think that'll go? Uh, I, mean, I think I'm a nice guy. I think most guys like me, so I don't think uh, anyone's going to be going after me or anything. But if that's what you're asking, um, no, it'll be fun. It'll be weird, but it'll be fun. What's the defining characteristic of that team? Would you say, like uh, their identity? Um, I mean, I think it's their one-three-one, um, and how uh, how clean they break the puck out. Um, their transition from that one-three-one, and then uh, getting out of the D zone, breaking out clean, and then they're transitioning in the offense pretty fast. All right, so there's Gabriel Velarde. <laughs> that was a pretty funny back and forth with uh, with Freezer there because I think I'm a pretty nice guy. I don't expect anybody to take any runs for runs at me. Well, I will agree. He certainly does seem like a nice guy. It was great to chat with him at the Iceplex uh, a week or two ago. Um, uh, Alex Iafalo, uh, another former King, was uh, in a scrum today. And uh, here's what Iafalo had to say about uh, seeing some familiar faces tomorrow night at Canada Life Center. A little extra special. We uh, gave him a little more effort, and uh, no, it, it'll be a good uh, good game tomorrow. So uh, got to come out there with a win for sure. To kind of get it out of the way early to see so many old you know teammates and friends uh, is, is that a good thing maybe? That's yeah, a good thing. You know, I haven't, haven't seen him in a bit here, so um, you know it's obviously business on the ice. But uh, you know, a couple jo- couple jokes here and there can't hurt anybody. So um, you know, it'll be fun fun game. All three of you guys that came over, you've all got your first points under your belt. Uh, you took care of yours in game one. So it's safe to say everybody's kind of settled in here to their new home pretty nicely. Yeah, it's been nice. Uh, you know, everybody's been great, uh, you know, helping us out in different system, uh, you know, system work, all that kind of stuff. So it's been an easy transition just trying to, you know, understand a little bit more stuff. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been fun so far, you know, we've been playing great, so we got to keep at her. All right, there's uh, Alex Iafalo. We made to we made to, need to do a little WST uh, special tomorrow on Cool Bet Ream with uh, maybe a Jets win and a couple points from the Kings guys. Um, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll work on that in the uh, in the meantime. But um, great to hear from those guys. Uh, they and Rasmus Campari will be wearing Jet jerseys tomorrow, and uh, we'll see PLD for the first time here in Canada Life Center wearing the colors of the visitors with the Los Angeles Kings tomorrow. One other note from practice today, Reem. I don't know if you caught this, but uh, Heli, Hellebuck was out breaking in the brown pads.
pads for the uh, for the 48 jerseys that they wear later on. His are neat. Brassois are amazing. I'm not sure whether he wore a practice today, but I did see them both. Um, pretty cool looks from the uh, from the guys when uh, they'll be wearing those uh, those light blue jerseys three times this season on home ice, including our game for WST against the Leafs on uh, the 27th of Jan. Yeah, they're going to look real sharp as full unis with the old school uh, gloves. And here's Hellebuck rocking the RCAF pads at practice. I uh, love it. I love the old school look. So I, I think the first game of those is in December against Carolina. But yeah, we'll be at that game, Toronto, on Saturday night, Hockey Night in Canada, where they do wear those baby blue RCAF jerseys. So looking forward to seeing those in action. You know what was another great thing about the game on Saturday? It was the first regular season game where we were able to roll over to Craft Beer Corner and grab a couple little brown jugs. God, th- things are just looking up for all of us, folks. Uh, if you're in the upper bowl, Craft Beer Corner is around Section 310. Uh, if you're in the lower bowl, North End Zone in the area that was formerly Moxie's. You're, if you haven't been through there, take a walk through the concourse tomorrow. You'll be amazed at how different it looks. Um, but you could pick Little Brown Jug up there as well as in the South End Zone. Uh, and not just 1919. Uh, I did enjoy a couple of generic loggers, my personal favorite Little Brown Jug uh, offering at the game on Saturday, and uh, I have a feeling there might be a few of those enjoyed in Section 316 and 317 tomorrow. For us, that little brown jug down with official partner of the Winnipeg Jets and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. You can get 1919 and generic at the arena and 1919 at select concessions at IG Field on Saturday. Pop down and see them at their uh, brewery and tap room on William Avenue. You can also check them out online with local delivery options at littlebrownjug.ca. And uh, oh, I had a great chat with our pal Nick after the game yesterday. He was all fired up. He was wearing the reverse retro Connor jersey on uh, on the weekend. Uh, of course, Nick and Nikki, proud sponsors of ours since day one. Four DQs in Winnipeg. Get one of those great stack burgers along with an amazing blizzard. Um, you can do that at DQ Northgate, Polo Park, St. Anne's, and DQ Niverville. And don't forget, Nick and Nikki also have a pita pit now open in Niverville for that growing. I think I got a tweet about the Chiefs last night from the mayor of Niverville. I should have actually asked him if he'd uh, pop by and checked out the new pita pit. Anyways, if you're around, healthy, delicious, fast, fresh, you know it well. Great catering options as well if you want to hit them up at Pita Pit Niverville on X. Um all right, Reem, we do have to get to the cool vet lines in a minute, but it's 3 o'clock. I think uh, we need to get into these goal songs. Yeah, that's why we're here. Who cares about the game? Who cares about uh, PLD? Um, you know, goal songs, hot topic in the NHL. The Leafs already, like, changing their goal song after uh, one game with it. And, you know, we had teased the Jets coming back with the individual goal songs. I think it's a great touch. Um, and, you know, they did announce them during the player introductions on Saturday. Pretty much all of them change except for two remain the same. And, you know, so, you know, some the people, two, uh, Pionk? Pionk and DeMello stay the same. And and I think these are up there for top ones for me. Here, I'll bring the list out here. Uh, okay, yeah, let's do. Okay, you're going to go through. Do you want to go through the whole list? Or just well, read them all off? We, why don't we first do our top fives? You, you okay. can do your top five. I'll do my top five. And then we can kind of hit a couple of the other ones. 
Sure. You want to? Oh, wait. Am I doing my top five? Yeah, fire away. Okay, top five. Okay, well, the two returning ones, Dylan DeMello, This is How We Do It by Montel Jordan, and Neil Pionk, Renegade by Styx. And we're not going to play, we can't play the songs because of YouTube rules, but I'll give you my top five. Uh, five, Dylan DeMello, Montel Jordan. Great, great song, 90s, Montel Jordan. Uh, heard it on Saturday, into it. Uh, number four for me, Nito Niederreiter, going with Disco Inferno. Got to have a mix, some 70s disco. Uh, into it. Uh, Kyle Connor, this is a throwback from the first years of Jets 2.0. Yes. Going with Hell Yeah by Rev Theory. And even me and some of my friends, we were going up to each other singing, Give me a hair, give me a year. That's my uh, singing that song. So I, I like it. He did score. You're going to hear that a lot and reminds me of, you know, Andrew Ladd, Dustin Bufflin, uh, Brian Little. I guess it's kind of a throwback at this point. And I almost wonder if, when you talk to Kyle, he said a couple of the Jets took their songs, um, maybe maybe understood the assignment. And I do wonder if there was some coaching by Jets' uh, production team on what songs to pick. Um, we'll get to Mark Shifley's change. Well, listen, anyone that was on the yeah. team last year, I think, saw the ones that worked and saw the ones that didn't. Yeah. I mean, it, it kind of goes without saying. You want to have a song that at least people recognize or at least people know or that's upbeat, that's funny in some ways. Or, And I think for the most part, the guys uh, did a pretty good, good, uh, pretty darn good job of nailing it. Uh, all right, what's number three? Okay, well, number three was Kyle Connor. Number two, oh, yeah. number two, Gabe Velarde going with the Macarena. Uh, that's a song for me, very special song to me, Hustler, of course, growing up in... Playing it on Dance Mix 94, was it 94? Uh, I think it was Dance Mix 94, listening to that. But also, going to local bars, finding the Touch Tunes jukebox, and clearing out the room by putting on <laughs> Macarena. Very special place to me. That is Remus. Remus sometimes will go onto that Touch Tunes app knowing that friends are at another bar. And yeah. remotely put on the Macarena no. <laughs> just to screw with people. I've never, That's never. true. That is true, everyone. I don't don't know let them I, deny it because I, I know it's a fact. I don't think I've ever, I've ever done that, but I love how you can go up there or do it on the phone and play it so people don't see you picking. Be like, who's playing, who's playing this song? And you're just like sitting in the corner uh, snickering. So I'm curious how that's going to go over. We we're thinking he's going to score like 25, 30 goals. It could be. Uh, a hit? I'm not sure. I think it's certainly interesting. One of the best one-hit wonders ever. It still amazes me how great, I know, how popular that song was considering it's not If Velarde scores tomorrow, if Velarde yeah. scores tomorrow, the entire WST section is going to be doing the Macarena. Mm-hmm. I, mark my words right now. And I don't really remember all the thing. I know you like put your hand yeah, on your shoulder yeah, or something yeah. like that. Is, well, as Remus is a Macarena guy. So Michael Remus will be leading everyone in the Macarena Get a goal tomorrow, Velarde. Let's make this happen. Maybe we'll have to put it on TikTok, too. We'll get, I think you could get some TikTok uh, views oh, on that. For sure. And then number one, I know, and first of all, and Velarde going with, like, uh, the one-hit wonder. Nate Schmidt did it last year with um, with Mambo number, Mambo five, number five, which is also, I thought, was, was amazing, too. Uh, and then my number one pick, I couldn't, wasn't going to go with Velarde, but number one pick, Alex Iafalo, Poison. Nothing but a good time. Great song. <laughs> For sure. Well, I think we're pretty much we're pretty much on um we're so now I'll say this. 
the goalies. I love the fact that there were songs for the goalies. I was trying to get some information as to whether there might be more opportunities for the goaltenders to have their songs played because obviously goalie goals are incredibly rare. Mm-hmm. Um, but, <laughs> and Elliot Friedman was even mentioning on 32 Thoughts today, he hopes Loren Brassois scores a goal so he can hear Boney M's Rasputin played, That's a good song. which I'm certainly here for. And I have to admit, I am a little... <clears throat> I, I, I wish, like, Kyle Connor or Scheifer, one of those guys, picked Gangnam Style for Psy, which is Hellebuck's song, because that's an all-time banger. YouTube champion for number of views. I will own it. I'm good for at least 20 to 25 of those views on YouTube for Gangnam Style. So both of the goalies absolutely nailed it, and I hope that maybe after big saves or something like that, they might be able to uh, incorporate those. My top five, though... Number five, Nino Niederreiter, Disco Inferno. I mean, an absolutely hilarious party song that everybody knows. Upbeat. Everyone will have a good time for that. This was one that we didn't actually get to hear because this individual wasn't in the lineup. But I'll tell you what, I'm definitely going to be hoping Declan Chisholm scores a couple at home because my number four on this list is all-time classic. It's Tricky by Run DMC, one of my all-time faves. Uh, number three, I did. I, I I told you all that I got that Dylan Sandberg jersey uh, at the Fan Fest. It's now 1-0 after the home opener uh, and hopefully 2-0 after tomorrow's game. Sandberg hits the list with number three, Let's Go Crazy. He's a Minnesota guy. I would imagine he's probably a Vikings guy. They play that at the at the uh, at the, you know when the uh, when the Vikings score a touchdown, Prince all time icon, one of my all time faves. How could you not do well with that one? Uh, number two is Alex Iafallo with nothing but a good time. I mean that is going to absolutely slap when it plays after an Iafallo goal. And number one for the second straight year, and we heard it again, is Dylan DeMello. With this is how we do it. We were singing it. We were singing it in 316. <laughs> singing it in 316 on Saturday. Um, and as I say, I just hope that because so, a lot of these guys don't score very often. So when these ones come out, um, they will definitely get it. Uh, other um, honorable mentions. Nemetsnikov took that fallout boy song. I never knew that that's what it was called. This ain't a scene. It's an arm race. Do like that song as well. Um, and listen, I'll be, I'll be honest. I didn't know like Ehlers song house on fire by Jonah blacksmith, but we heard it. It sounded good. Adam Lowry's as well. Little Boothang. I know you were playing that behind the scenes. We were listening to it a little earlier. Definitely a great jam, but for the most part, Oh, and I've definitely an honorable mention to Morgan Barron. I tried to fit, um, home for a rest into it. It is so funny that that is just so synonymous with sort of East Coast music when I believe Spirit of the West were from Vancouver. But again, just a a, a weird little bit of Canadian music trivia. And I got to tell you, Mark Shifley understood the assignment. Um, Ain't no mountain high enough. Martin Gay and Tammy Terrell. We heard it. It was um, It was just so much better than the one he had before that no one really knew what the song was. And again, it's about familiarity. Uh, it's definitely an upbeat song. And um, 
That was the first one we heard of the season. It debuted very well, and I have a feeling, let's hope that Winnipeg Jet fans know all the damn words to that song because they hear it so often at Canada Life Centre this year after 55 goals. Yeah, I agree with all your picks. I wanted to put Sandberg in, honorable mention. I like how Sandberg and Neil Pionk, the two Hermantown guys, going with the classic rock Neil Pionk going with Renegade by Styx, which always reminds me of Adam Sandler and Billy Madison uh, sitting on the car and revealing his Ario Speedwagon t-shirt which is a great scene but uh mark Trafe, yeah someone's like what do you think of this mark trafley ain't a mountain high enough are you are you in on it? i said yes if it comes in at the chorus after he scores and you playing a no mountain i think it's great uh reminds me of uh back to movies remember the titans that was the song in the movie great all-time great football movie i did we didn't mention well and Slapshot. oh i yeah, never you're the I've, only I've you're the only hockey Slapshot. fan that's never not seen Slapshot. never seen it you are a freaking weirdo never seen um, it i just like but, telling people i haven't at this point i, I exactly but um <laughs> yes that that is a that is synonymous with slap shot as well so um well done and i will say this for all the uh, listen i know I, I think it's a tired narrative but people given a hard time for the you know game production and stuff like that for the jets they were way ahead of the game on this doing it last year. I think they've taken it up a notch this year. And a lot of teams around the NHL have sort of been paying attention to what the Jets have been doing and I think are sort of following in suit. So well done to everybody. Well done to the players. And may we hear these songs so often we're sick of them by the end of the year because that'll mean a lot of red lights for the home team at Canada Life mm. Centre. Um Let's get to, uh, we got a big game tonight. How did you do yesterday in uh, NFL? Anything good uh, um, DFS-wise, uh, your picks, uh, or was it a bit of a graveyard? I had Cleveland. Shout out to the Browns for getting it done. Although I unfortunately changed my uh, my uh, pool pick from Browns to Niners an hour before the game when I realized that P.J. Walker was starting. But yeah. I did take him in the lock shop plus 10. That was a uh, That was a beauty. Yeah, I finished fifth in the WST uh, DraftKings. Contest. So if you want to play DraftKings with us, send me a message. We'll invite you to the league. So it was wasn't a losing day for me. And then in the in the listener league, or not listener, in the uh yeah, listener guy, I think I beat T well. And then I'm in the media fantasy league. And Jeff Hamilton's got a top team and he beat me beat me pretty good. So my I got off to a hot start. Jeff, man, Jeff's got a good team in that league. Jeff has a good team. So do I, but my team did not did not play very well. I was playing against Ted, and Ted had sent me a message earlier this week going, Jefferson, Richardson, and a chain, all on injured reserve. Week five was the death of my team, and then served it to me. Um, although I did last minute pick up the Charger defense, so maybe, just mm. maybe, a couple of Dak Prescott pick sixes or something can lead me to victory. I don't know. We will see it. Um, so, so day with the picks yesterday, but I'm looking forward to this Monday night or tonight. Let's get to the cool bet lines before we finish up. We have, uh, we actually we've got quite a bit of NHL action tonight, which we'll get to in just a minute. But tonight, the Cowboys, one and a half point favorites in SoFi against the Chargers. I'm sure there'll be more Cowboy fans there than Charger fans, considering the way they travel. Um, but I'm actually feeling the Chargers here, and I like the under 50 and a half. I think as bad as the Charger defense has been this year, I anticipate it being a little bit better, and I do think Dallas is going to be a uh, it'll be a big challenge for Justin Herbert and the Charger offense. But I'm going to take the Chargers 
and the under. Where are you coming out in on this game? Yeah, Austin Eckler's back for the Chargers, and the Cowboys are a puzzling team. Uh, what is this? In this is a, technically a home game. For technically the a home game for the Chargers. Technically yeah. a home game. Much like all of their home games. Um, the Chargers seem to disappoint all the time, but I, I like Justin Herbert, so I'll go with the Chargers. I think it's going to be a tight a tight one, though. Um, I, do we know if is Joshua Palmer starting? I have him, and he was put questionable yesterday. So, you know, since we'll the mic... probably w- get inactives in about yeah. two hours or so. So, uh, yeah, if you're... Uh, if you're wondering about your lineup tonight, uh, make sure to check that out as we get a little bit closer. Uh, we got five games in the NHL tonight, though. Yes. Detroit is in Seabus to take on the Blue Jackets. The Wings are minus 131 favorite. That was minus 126 earlier. Kind of leaning Wings in that one. Uh, and then the Panthers and Devils are going at it. Panthers still looking for their first win. I think they'll be, a, I think they'll be, I mean, as desperate as you can get playing game three of the regular season. I don't mind Florida, though, at plus 142 going up against New Jersey, although missing those two defensemen against that high-powered team, that will be tough. But I'm going to ride with the Panthers, plus 142, Devils minus 168, Coyotes plus 200, underdogs at MSG against the Rangers. Coyotes look real good in that first game against New Jersey. Uh, Rangers are minus 242. As we mentioned earlier, Blake Wheeler benched in the last game, taken off the second power play. Not a great start for the former Jet captain in uh, the blue of the New York Rangers. Uh, oh, and Connor Bedard in Toronto to take on the Leafs. You think there'll be any media there for that one, Reem? Huh. Hey, I, I saw a report that they weren't actually doing media this morning. Uh well, he's already done about 50 interviews so far this year. So maybe they're smart to give him a night off the morning of a game against the Leafs. I, I did see um, Taylor Hall saying, you know, maybe like ease off a bit on this guy. He's 18 years old. I kind of. He's jealous. He's I, so <laughs> jealous. He was a number one overall pick. Yeah. Uh, he didn't get this sort of love. Um but listen, he's, I'll say, I'm so impressed with Bedard, not only about him playing, and like Dave's mentioned, I mean, just how much he has the puck on his stick, and he should because he doesn't have a lot of help there with that Blackhawks team right now. But he's doing pregame interviews. He's doing in-between period interviews. He's doing interviews after the game. On the bench during a lot. the game. But here's the thing. Starting off up against Sidney Crosby and then going through Montreal and Toronto what was the other game? Boston. Um, I think the NHL did it right. This, I think, will subside. and It'll get a little bit more normal. Um, but the young man is a phenom. He's just in the league. There's so much interest around him. And uh, I think he's holding up his part of the bargain very, very well. That being said, Blackhawks plus 270 underdogs tonight against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And then the final game is the Flames and the Capitals. These games all start at 6 o'clock, by the way, tonight, or just afterwards. Calgary minus 121 in Washington to take on the Caps. Uh, they, I believe they got shut out by Pittsburgh in their first game of the season, so Washington looked to win their first game of the year. Check the Coolbet exclusives. We'll get a lock shop parlay up for the game tonight. But as I say, I like the under... Is my is my daily pick, and uh, I think I'm going to lean on the uh, Chargers to win this one uh, tonight. If you haven't played a cool bet before, get on over there. Use the promo code WST on your first deposit 
for a 100% bonus up to 200 bucks. Uh, should be a good one tonight. Some good hockey, Remo, and then uh, a pretty interesting football matchup. And then tomorrow, it's all systems go for game one of our four-game Winnipeg Sports Talk Pack. I am so fired up to see everybody at the rink tomorrow beforehand. Yeah, that's going to be a great time. So i got to pick uh, my wardrobe house. Before we go, I think we do have to mention the the viral hockey moment of the weekend wasn't Josh Morrissey giving Adam Lowry his stick, but it was Manitoba Moose, Jeffrey VL. The fight? And, I knew you were giving And this, we have to, t- people are like, oh, you guys got to talk about it. We're getting tagged and stuff. Dan Fink on the call. And this was an old fashioned slobber knocker. Oh, yeah. Play it with the audio. This is great. Get a bit of a tilt here as Jeff VL and Alex Gallant are going to go. Couple of tough customers here. Gallant gives up a little bit of size, but is as tough as they come. And they will start swinging VL. Contact's good. And they're just going <laughs> to tee off. Gallant, no defense in this one from either side. Gallant loses his helmet. VL swims over the top. They tie up another couple after the lines. Don't get in there. VL one more over the top. And that is as spirited as they come. That was an absolutely bananas fight. I mean, as as Fink very appropriately mentioned, no defense in this one. Bomb after bomb after bomb. The thing about VL, and I mentioned this when the Jets signed him, I didn't know much about him. Went and checked out his numbers, noticed, oh, geez, he's got a lot of penalty minutes. Let's go over to hockeyfights.com. Like, I don't know if his record is all that good, but holy crap, does he step up and stand up to who's ever in his way. He had a few fights against some of the big boys in the National Hockey League with the Sharks last year, and that was an absolute 10 out of 10, if you like that sort of thing. We don't see very many of those anymore. Um, speaking of the Moose, nice win yesterday for the club. They had an early lead. They blew it and lost on Friday. They reversed that against Calgary yesterday. Um, coming back from a 2 nothing uh, lead. And, man, it was a nice weekend. Brad Lambert, Nikita Chibrikov, Chaz Lucius. It's going to be a fun season for the Manitoba Moose as these young players continue to grow and develop and uh, at some point start knocking on the door of the big club with the Winnipeg Jets. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, they lost on uh, on Friday, came back, what, won an overtime Sunday. We've talked a lot about the exciting prospects there so uh, Chiprikov getting his first goal uh with the moose as you mentioned Brad Lambert on the board so uh it seemed like a great time at uh Canada Life Center and they'll be back this weekend has both night games Friday and Saturday night for the moose uh so this weekend it was what the afternoon Sunday next weekend um, both back-to-back evenings excellent well we'll have a uh, we'll have some tickets uh for those uh games as well We'll do that uh, maybe over the course of the next couple of days. Another great reason to sign up for the Winnipeg Sports Talk newsletter and to uh, become a member of the channel to get some exclusive chances to win things like moose tickets through uh, through Winnipeg Sports Talk. Tomorrow, folks, it's going to be awesome. Uh, again, if you already have your WST pack purchased, thank you. Great response. We will gather tomorrow. The doors are going to open at 5 um, it, it, and again, you got to go through the Skywalk, the Hargrave Street Skywalk doors, which is technically called Gate 6. That's where our early access will be. Hang a left when you get up there, and you'll see the uh, 
the bar just outside section 316. That's where we'll be. I'm working on a couple things to raffle off amongst everyone that bought a Winnipeg Sports Talk pack. And if you are a season ticket holder, <clears throat> which I know many of you are, or have a mini pack, or you're splitting up and you want to come and join us, but you're not in our section, bring it on. Bring it on. We'll see you there around 5.30. Again, the main gate's open for everybody else at 6. So try and take advantage of that early and get in there. Probably be the best way for us to set up shop. Take over the bar. Do our raffles and whatnot. Get a couple little brown jugs in us and then get ready to get loud for the Winnipeg Jets when they take on the Los Angeles Kings. Um, If you have any questions, I think we pretty much know what's up. Again, the uh, free drink is going to be done through the app, so make sure you have the Jets app already and link that, you know, through your email to your Ticketmaster account uh, because they'll be sending those tomorrow. And I'm sure somebody from the Jets will be popping by as well if we have any other questions. Uh, And, hey, just one more mention. If you've been thinking about, ah, you know what, maybe this would be great. We should join the crew. There still is time. The link is in the description of this video. And if you're listening to Winnipeg Sports Talk today uh, on podcast, just go to the website, winnipegsportstalk.com. Click on that link and count yourself in for tomorrow. Looking forward to it. We've added some more seats just across the aisle in section 317. So uh, 5.30 tomorrow, gang. We'll see you at the uh, at the bar outside 316. Early entry again, the Hargrave Skywalk doors. So you can go up at the Shark Club or get into City Place, just walk through. That's where the early access will be. Hang a sharp left. We'll see you. Throw your jerseys on, signs, anything else you want. We want to definitely make an impression on the crowd with our first night for the Winnipeg Sports Talk Pack. Um, great show today. Awesome numbers. Hit that thumbs up if you haven't already. And uh, get ready for a big show tomorrow. Getting ready for the Jets and Kings. Mike McIntyre is going to join us. We'll have much more from the morning skate and the dressing rooms of both teams and maybe hear a little bit of PLD. I'm sure there'll be plenty of mics in his face tomorrow when uh, he comes back to Winnipeg for the first time as an L.A. King. Thanks to Dave Poulin, Jeff Hamilton, all of you in the chat for making us a part of your day. Get some rest tonight, folks, and bring the energy tomorrow. We'll see you at Canada Life Center, but first, we'll see you tomorrow at 1 p.m. on WST. Have a great night. Enjoy the Monday Nighter. Oh, my God. Oh! Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.